Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
judgment comes upon the law. The time to waste run to the cross. Drunk old lies of his age. Feels too smart to believe. Trade their future for the lust. Blindly passion, they call you to join them all to the order. Satan has designed Men getting ready to sell their soul For a chance to receive his farm Have been so gifted, and we 
pray for our fellow brothers and sisters who have not, that are going through medical problems. We pray in the name of Jesus, Father, that they shall be thou made whole in the name of Jesus. Father God, whatever it is that is ailing them, if it is their eyesight, if, if it is intense pain, if it is the pain we command it to go in the name of Jesus. For each one of us, Father God, we lift, lift each other up in accordance with your divine and holy will that we can walk together in concert and harmony, serving you in whatever capacity that you have designated for us in the days that we are in right now. We praise you for the strength that we need to be able to survive and continue to do this in a manner and in a level of effectiveness that was by your holy design. We praise you for the days. We praise you for the technologies. We praise you for the opportunity to continue to 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 even have Blog Talk Radio and to be you know with all of the filtering and and the censorship and uh, people being put in jail uh, for the most ridiculous of things. Um, wow, the situation is so dismal, Lord. And I know it's probably going to become a whole lot more dismal, and it's going to be very difficult for a lot of us to be able to stomach. And and you know it, it is already. It's incredibly difficult for many of us to be able to stomach even now. But we pray that through your strength and through your anointing, Father, that you will bring us to a place where we are able to not only do well, but also to please you and to exceed that which was uh, set established by your expectations, Ephesians 2.10, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who's able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless before your presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, dominion, majesty, and power, both now and forever. Hallelujah. Amen. For 
Well, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So um, thank you for all of uh, all of you that it were very encouraging while I took uh, Sunday night off um, to be perfect. Well, you know, I don't want to say to be perfectly. I'll say to be full disclosure and uh, openly, you know, very, you know, wear my heart on my sleeves type of thing. Um, quite honestly, all of this sick, you know, cutting off of body parts of little children, um, drinking of and advertising the fact that they're drinking uh, the blood of horrified children through adrenal chrome. Um, a lot of the really super ultra sick and twisted um, LGBT LMNOP stuff that's going on out there so overtly in our face. These things are actually eating away at me. Uh, almost like a cancer. Um, and I know I have to rise up ab- above it and endure it. Uh, but uh, I, I will tell you this, if you're wanting to stay on top of that incredibly sick, twisted, filthy dung, then this radio show is definitely not going to be for you anymore. And the reason for that is I may touch upon it. I, I may glaze over it on a, at a very high level, but I am not going to go uh, into any detail on that filth. I can't tolerate it anymore. It's making me sick. I, it's actually causing me to get angry. And I know we're not really supposed to be angry. Um, we're supposed to rise above that and recognize that we are citizens of heaven. And so what happens is, it, it, you know, I find I get to my uh, place in my walk where I'm ferreting out and unpacking, uh, you know, uh, I, as I jokingly quip about my finely tuned Twitter feed. And what I don't tell people on this program is the things that I'm exposed to on that Twitter feed that I will not talk about. What I don't tell you, you don't know, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what I don't tell you. You don't know how much I see that I will not reference or mention during the program. And it's a lot. And it's really horrible. It's just so horrible that what happens is it'll bring me to a place where I really just can't even face it any longer. And so what happens is then uh, mentally it kind of causes me to make a, I, I don't know what you want to call it, a sociological connection somehow to the things that I can't unsee. And um, uh, and it, it connects back to the radio show. And that's kind of a bad thing in a sense because what happens is it affects me so negatively that I don't want to do the radio show. I don't want anything to do with the radio show. I don't, I don't want to even think about it. I just want to sever the cord, move to Panama, retire, and watch the United States sink into a pit of nuclear fire and be done with it. Hallelujah. But unfortunately, that at least at this moment in time, doesn't appear to be my fate. And um, so I'm going to continue to serve the Lord in whatever capacity I think he wants me to, to the best that I can. Uh, But but I wanted to, you know, kind of like share with the listening audience one of the things that drives me to the point where I need to take time off, and that is it. It's It's the stuff that I do not talk about. It's the stuff that I have seen with my own eyes. Okay. It's stuff that no one on earth should ever see. 
And I thought I had divorced myself and completely severed the umbilical cord from all of that darkness, like back in 2010. Uh, and I was done with it. You know, I had my nervous breakdowns. I had studied everything that the darkness does, uh, SRE, DID things, all that kind of stuff. I, you know, uh, to the detriment of my marriage and everything else under the sun. And many times, um, you know, I'd be researching something, whatever that may be, that was of the darkness to try, you know, because Lord, I guess, had to bring me through. I know a lot more than I talk about. Let, let me just put it that way. I know a lot more about what is going on in the earth, a lot more about the sickness and the twisted darkness and and Satan's uh, uh, tactics against us and uh, the things that happen in, in the darkness the things that happen uh, at the Nellis Air Force Base with the woodpecker crates, I know I understand a lot more than people know that I know because I won't talk about it. I just simply will not talk about it. Now, once in a while, once in a blue moon, some of it will leak out a little bit when we have Robert Vandrius Mitchell on the program or something. I might make a off-the-cuff sort of sideswipe mention of something, and he'll go, oh, yes, I've seen that, and he'll start to expand upon it. Um, but you'll also notice that I'll divert the conversation over to something else to just try to avoid going into the weeds on it because I don't really want to be reminded and I don't want to have to unsee because see, you have, you, I don't want to, I want this to sound new agey or anything, but it, it's a truth. It's an absolute true reality. And what happens is like, whether you're reading a book, a magazine, a periodical, a doc, or watching a documentary or whatever, you know that you're not being shown every little detail. For example, if you watch a documentary on the Holocaust and, you, and some of the horrible things that happened in Treblinka and so, you know, some of those other death camps, you don't see every little thing that happened. Okay, You only see little bits and pieces of it, but your mind will fill in blanks, and, what, and that will torment you, Okay, and it'll follow you around. And um, same thing happens when you're reading books and studying white papers and stuff. Uh, I, I won't go into the details of so many of the things that I have been exposed to, but it Let's just say that there were there was more than one time when at approximately 1.30 a.m. to 2 a.m. in the morning, which was uh, a very common time for me to stop researching the stuff that I was researching, whereby I would get up uh, from my desk uh, and I would be traumatized. Uh, there's no other word for it, but that's a fact. That's what it was. It was absolute mental emotional trauma and I would get up and go to walk out of my room and I couldn't make it really much more than maybe two steps past the, the doorway of my office, the Golden JIB Studios. And um, I would fall to the ground on my knees and I would start to cry so hard. It was heaving, heaving tears to the point where I could not get up. I literally was incapacitated with heaving, heaving, heaving tears uh, because I was utterly unbelievable words can't describe the, the the level of trauma that i had gone through just being exposed to what the what these entities will do to an individual what they will do to a child you know when i found out uh some of the details behind why the five police officers quit the new york police force after seeing the tape associated with hillary clinton and what they had done to that young lady in the uh, pizzagate thing underground in their little underground evil satanic butcher young people and drink their blood places uh you know when i had you know that that stuff brings back memories of trauma that are are very, very difficult to have 
brought back to your recollection. These are things that you try very hard not to remember. These are things that you try very hard. You, you know what? You know deep down inside when you're looking at this. You know the nine foot tall Draco reptilian known as Hillary Clinton. When you know when you look at that, you know that that is what they do. Okay, when you look at these entities that are running the White House, when you look at the filth, the disgusting, filthy, seething, steaming dung that is running this country, I, you know, there are times when it's all I can do to not fall to my knees and beseech God in fervent prayer to nuke this country into oblivion. And I don't understand how God can have the level of mercy that he does, but he sees into the hearts of so many people out there. I mean, for example, let me just give you an example. Okay, so while I'm struggling with trying to find that balance, you know, between knowing too much, not talking about it, avoiding it as best as I can, trying to maintain some kind of, uh, I don't know what you would call it, emotional equilibrium, perhaps. Um, and while I'm, while I'm in that place, then the Lord will do something amazing. Let me just give you a really kind of a cool example. So for some reason, and I don't know why, but at my workplace, my new workplace, which, you know, it, it's very, very challenging, I must say, folks. I'm really – I'm thinking an awful lot about Panama lately. It's, it's keeping me going because it is the number one uh, retirement place in the, in the entire world for United States uh, retirees, and it's, it's unbelievably affordable and incredibly beautiful. Um, but, uh, you know, so I've kind of tucked that away in the back of my heart, you know, thinking to myself, maybe I'll just sell it everything, you know, have the world's largest uh, garage sale or whatever and uh, dump the house and just go down there uh, with my cu a couple of my puppy dogs and everything and then do my radio show from down there. But I don't know. It, it gives me a little bit of hope. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, none of us know what the Lord has in store for us. I mean, I mean, we may not even live throughout the night. I mean, we, the Lord could bring us home in the middle of our sleep, even this evening yet. But to, but to kind of share with you a, a mini testimony of uh, how the Lord, you know, it's like no matter what I'm going through or what chapter or what phase or what, I don't know what you call it, the ups and the downs, the hills and the valleys of the roller coaster ride, um, the Lord will throw me a biscuit now and then, you know, something like, hey, you are making a difference kind of a thing. And, um, and uh, so the other day, I don't know why my company does this. I don't know why the people that work at, that com at the company that I'm working with right now does this. I have no idea. I'm befuddled. I don't even I, – I, can't even speak to it. I can't even speak to it. It just causes my, my – the cat's got my tongue, and I just go blank. But for some reason at my new company, people that I do not know, have never heard of before or whatever, will schedule these random 30-minute meetings, and they'll just – all it will say is, would like to talk with you about how we can better service our clients. And I'm thinking to myself, what? what why are you – what do you want to talk to me for? You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of people that work here. What's this all about? And who are you? You know, but that's okay. I'm trying to play along like, hey, it's okie dokie and whatever. Well, anyway, uh, I guess it was about three days ago. I got one of those from a person, a man, uh, who uh, did that, that he did just that and set up a 30-minute meeting to, I don't know, just 
I guess, say hi or something. I don't get it. I've never done anything like that in my entire life in uh, the 37 years that I've been in the workforce and certainly the 26 years that I've been in specializing in cybersecurity. I have never, ever, 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 ever seen anything like it before, and I am befuddled. I just don't even know what to say. Just go totally blank. Why are they doing this? I don't know. But here's the the interesting odd thing about it is that this one guy, so I, I went on the phone call and I said, Hey, how you doing? You know, um can I even came right out and I said to him, Can you tell me why we're on this call? Because I was just blown away, befuddled. I don't look up the word befuddled and you will understand what I'm talking about. I, I wouldn't say stupefied, befuddled is much closer. And I said, is there any particular reason why you sought me out? You know, why why are we on this call kind of thing? And um, I don't really even remember what he said, but um, somehow I was just – I was uh, very, very, very tired. Um, I was at the point in the day where I have a difficult time completing sentences coherently. Uh, I have a difficult time focusing my eyes. Um, uh, Very, very burned out. And that's, boy, that's putting it lightly. And then, um, but anyway, for some reason, I guess I said to him, man, I'll tell you what, isn't the world messed up and weird right now? I said something along that line. I don't really know what prompted it. I don't know how we got onto that subject. And what but what was fascinating was how rapidly it tra- it it transpired, is that the right word? How quickly the topic he responded almost immediately with I know it's unbelievable the things that are going on out there. Can you believe it? It's on un- oh my gosh, I mean, you know, this and that and he said couple of the keywords that let me know that he was more wise about the end times things that are happening right now than the average person was. And once I got that opening, then it was time, you know, it's almost like a football game in the last two minutes of football game, you're on the second, you know, you're on the second yard line. And it's like the, the only thing standing between you and the championship is a quick hop, skip and a jump. And um, anyway, it was like that. And I realized he was awake and aware. He was very, very much awake and aware of all the things that were going on and stuff. And I said to him, oh, my gosh, you know what's going on. You're, you're not clueless or, at all. And I said, that's really refreshing. And, you know, he responded back and we shared some things back and forth and everything. And he's like, well, what are you thinking about doing? I mean, how are you going to be able to handle these kinds of things? You know what? what this is terrible. The, the things that are coming our way. This is unbelievable. This is uh, And I, (coughs) excuse me, and I said to him, I said, I'll tell you how I handle this. I'll tell you exactly how I handled it. And I reached back behind me. I grabbed a Bible off my shelf behind me, and I held my Bible up in front of the the Zoom camera on my laptop. And I said, you see this Bible? This is how I handle it. This is how I handle it. And he said, I totally understand. He goes, you know what? You and I got to get together. We got to have a happy hour or something and talk about and share some notes about some of this stuff. And I said, all right, well, um, you know, the first evening that I have any time at all open on my schedule is Thursday if you want to, you know, hang out, have a glass of wine or whatever and share some notes. And he was, he scheduled it. I mean, to my, I was surprised. I didn't really think he was going to jump on it that fast, but he did. And now I have tomorrow night um, between six and seven, an hour long. If my hunch is correct, it will be far more than an hour. It will probably go on for two to three hours and um, we'll end up sharing an awful lot. But I sent him, I sent him uh, a snapshot 
screenshot. I took a screenshot of that planetoid-looking spherical Death Star spaceship that I sent out via my email. Now, um, which segues interestingly into what I, I did want to touch upon this a little bit. Okay, now I did have one listener, Tracy, and God bless her. You know, I, she's she's awesome, man. She always cheers me up. And um, uh, you know, she was uh, kind of like tongue in cheek saying, "Oh, I forget what day it was, maybe Monday night or something like that." And she was like, "Well, given this this uh, this Death Star spaceship thing in the sky, maybe we should have an emergency broadcast." And then I I jokingly said, because I was literally I I couldn't complete sentences. <laughs> I was so burned out. I, I don't know if it's it, – I don't know what's wrong. I, I don't know if it's a health issue. I don't know if it's a um, – I don't know what's wrong with me. Um, I do know I have a lot of pain in my right leg, and I'm working on that right now, uh, probably from too much sitting and too much of a sedentary job over the years. At least that's what the YouTube, you know – doctor type people are saying uh but uh you know and i've also had some conversations with another believer um justin up in uh tiny ontario and he he was saying yeah he's gone through it himself which was a blessing because you know when you don't know what something is it, it it's very worrisome you get concerned super worried um so he's given me kind of like a prescription of how i can overcome it uh, but I don't know. I don't know why, but for some reason, I hit about 3 o'clock in the afternoon when most people are getting a little bit tired, uh, and I'm exhausted. I mean, I really, I can't barely focus my eyes. I can barely, you know, it's so, so hard to keep doing my job after about 3, 3.30 in the afternoon, which is fine. You know, I'm, I'm going to try my very darndest to figure my way through it. I don't know what else, I don't know what else to do, honestly. Um, but anyway, um, it's funny though. I, I typically I'll do a radio show and I and it's like I get another. I know everybody always tells me that's the Holy Spirit, John. He's taking you over. That's why you got all this energy when you're doing the radio show. And I'm like, okay, fine, 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 fine. It's the Holy Spirit. If you that you know, I don't. I'm not one of those people. You know, even though I was brought up Pentecostal and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues and all that when I was at nine years old, and I've had an unbelievable number of supernatural experiences uh, happen to me. Over the over the years, uh, I just am not one of those. I've been in too many churches where people were like, "The Holy Spirit told me." The Holy Spirit told me, and I was like thinking to myself, "Well, if the Holy Spirit told you, then is he a dirty fibber? Because what you're trying to tell me is absolutely false." Oh, the Holy Spirit told me, and I'm like going, "Yeah, he did, did he?" <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, of course, that makes me take a, do a double take on myself and be very, very careful about claiming that the Holy Spirit, I know supernaturally when something supernatural is happening to me. I know, I experience it, I see it happening, I see it in real time. And I know that it is impossible in the flesh for me to be experiencing whatever it is I'm experiencing. Okay, that, that at that point, I surrender. I know it's God. I know it's the Lord. I know it is a supernatural miracle miraculous experience and I succumb to it and I surrender to it but but to just claim it's the Holy Spirit randomly I will not do that because there are a lot of factors in play in each of our lives we have the darkness that is hammering away the fiery darts the demons of the you know the, the attacks of the demonic realm that are always against us and we should be praying exceedingly efficient uh, highly tactical spiritual warfare prayers every single morning to fend that noise 
days off because uh, otherwise you'll just get pummeled at some point. And, um, and, but a lot of people don't know how, and unfortunately they get pummeled or they just don't really pray very effectively, and then they're not much of a threat to the enemy anyway, so the enemy will leave them alone, um, which is really pretty much about 95 to 98 percent of the Christians in the world. They just don't realize that their prayers are not very effective, which is unfortunate, which is one of the reasons why we on this program, I repetitively uh, read uh, on the prayer vigil or put on rerun radio shows on days that I need to take off or whatever the case is about uh, combat in the heavenly realm uh, how Satan stops our prayers, because if we don't understand that, we're, 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 we're in trouble. We are literally, as Christians, we are in trouble trying to do what it is God wants us to do. Okay, now, and the only way to bypass the limitations, you know, the, the demon stopping our prayers in flight up to heaven uh, is to speak in tongues. That's the one way that I know is a fact, because I've experienced it, uh, to, that our prayers will bypass and not be subject to being hindered by the demonic realm and the entities that are trying to stop our prayers. Okay, so speaking in tongues is very powerful, and anybody that has the ability to speak in tongues should be speaking in tongues about 25,000 times more than you probably are. I'm raising my hand. I am guilty as charged. We all need to be speaking in tongues way, way more than we are right now. Praise God. But anyway, um, what a blessing, you know, to to be utterly befuddled, have no idea why this guy is like, hey, man, I want to, like, you know, just say hello and see how we can better serve our customers. And I'm thinking, who are you? And where did you come from? And who sent you? And then the next thing you know, I'm like, you know, we're we're both going to have a glass of wine, you know, on uh, on uh, uh, Thursday night, and just kind of share some notes, which um, is kind of exciting. But you know, just I told him, I said, oh wait, 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 wait. I was, you know, he was like, oh, I got to go right now, and I, you know, I got another meeting or whatever. And I was like, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let, let me show you something. And I took a snapshot of that giant alien spaceship, that Death Star spaceship, uh, that I sent out to everybody via email. And I sent it over to him, and he goes, holy moly, and he clicked on the link and went out to the uh, uh, FAA uh, weather station website, because that actually validates or gives it validity, okay, um, to some degree, because uh, actually more than, in my opinion, far, far, far more than to some degree. And the reason I say that is because when you can click a link and you know that you're going to an FAA weather station site, and you're literally looking at this object in the sky through one of their cameras, you know that it's not Photoshopped because you just went out to the link. You are physically looking through through the camera. Okay, at that point, now you're going like, wait a minute, wait a minute, this isn't a Photoshop. Now, granted, I'm here to tell you after doing this stuff for 12 years, I have met more debunkers in my entire life. It's, it's that old saying, right? If I had a buck for every person who debunked everything because it was outside of their comfort zone, I would be living on a 40-foot wooden yacht off the coast of St. Martin. Hallelujah. But, you know, and I know a lot of debunkers, I, and they are quick to the debunk. They're, you show them a indisputable second sun in the sky, absolutely no chance in, no chance in heaven and, and on earth and, and anywhere in the cosmos that that could possibly be a sun dog. That cannot be a lens flare. It is beyond any shadow of a doubt a second sun. Now, is it really a sun? No, it's not. What it is is it's one of the five to seven planets that orbit around the Nibiru 
Mercury, which is minus 270 degrees. And yes, it does have a burning red iron oxide tail and has like what looks like wings around it, just like that one guy, Arizona, who I've played on the radio show several times. It does, but that's because of the ionization that occurs when a brown dwarf, which is highly magnetic and heavily, it's, the mass of these things is unbelievable. It's a fully collapsed brown dwarf, I'm, uh, no, sorry, yellow dwarf star. Okay, and, and it's, it, the, it's a very fascinating study if you decide or feel led to ever do uh, some deep dive uh, white paper research on what brown dwarfs really are. But when they're moving through the heliosphere, which is a charged particle um, atmosphere in space that uh, surrounds any given sun, whether it be a yellow dwarf or one of many other types of stars, um, that there is always what's known as a heliosphere. And yes, the concept of neutrinos, which Charlie Frost talked about in the movie 2012, is a fact, okay? And anyway, so when a brown dwarf is moving uh, through that heliosphere, it will charge, It will these particles will become charged, and it will become very uh, glowing. It will glow very brightly. But that's not what you're seeing as a general rule when you're seeing a second sun. What you're typically seeing is one of the five to seven planets that orbit Nibiru. Remember that this is an entire solar system. And if you don't have your perspective down and don't understand how big our our solar system is, then you're just not going to be able to envision it. You won't be able to. It'll be a mystery to you to the day that you die. And unless Jesus takes you on a personal tour of the universe and shows you how vast a solar system actually is, how, what, what is an astronomical unit? 93 million miles. I'm rounding off. What What is that? That's the distance between planet Earth, which is only three planets away from the sun, and the sun, 93 million miles. I don't know about you, but that's a little bit hard for me to get my mind around. How far is 93 million miles, which is one astronomical unit? How far is that? But wait a minute. We're pretty condensed in. You know, we got Mercury, Venus, and then we, you know, we're third, you know the third rock from the sun, right? Um, and uh, let's see. And, and But my point is this. You know, we we don't we don't really grasp. I know I don't. And if I don't, it's kind of unlikely that, you know, unless you're just like an astrophysicist and it's a big hobby of yours, maybe you totally do get it and you're like, yep, go, Johnny, go. You know, you're, you're saying the right things. And, and it, it's so vast. It's so vast. And we just can't understand it. We can't get our arms around how big it is. It is so big. So it is very, very possible. This is, the, this is one of the things that a lot of people don't understand. And, and I I had a hard time grasping it at first. It, it's very, very easy for another solar system to just move directly through our solar system. And none of the planets colliding at all. At all. Not even close. Not even close to a single collision. Not even close. Because the distance between the planets is so vast that all seven of those orbiting planets around Nibiru could just slide right into our solar system, pass right through it, and orbit right back around in the elliptical orbit that the two, uh, uh, that the uh, binary star system made up of, you know, the sun, Nibiru, the failed sun Nibiru, which is its most common name. Uh, some refer to it as Planet X, and then there's Tyke, and then there's, you know, the Destroyer, which is what it's referred to in, the, in uh, you know, the Book of Jeremiah. I think it's four verse 
verse 5 or 5 verse 4 or something like that, you'll see it uh, referred to as the destroyer of nations. You'll see it in Second Esdras, uh, verse 48. It's referred to as the horrible star. Um, but anyway, uh, not to get too sidetracked on that particular subject, but we are seeing an occurrence or a reoccurrence of much, much more signs in the sun and the moon and stars. Um, we have not, as of today, uh, you know, we haven't seen, we, those of us watching for the return of Jesus, those of us watching hopefully for and trying to be ready for the barley first fruits harvest, um, rescue mission, as I would like to refer to, a slippery escape, as the Hebrew says in the book of Daniel, uh, chapter 12, uh, under, you know, the word delivered uh, is actually in Hebrew, it means slippery escape, which of course connects back to the story of the escape pod, for those of you who remember that, and the strange key on my keychain called the first watch key. But anyway, um, uh, when you connect all these things together, we are going through a period right now that is unlike, I recall, since about 2011 and 2012. Back in 2011 and 2012, there were so many Second Sun sightings, it was unbelievable. I was pulling down videos so fast, uh, you know, it was like three, four a day of people, and these were undeniable. It wasn't anything that you could look at and say, oh, well, that's this, or oh, well, that's that. There was no debunking anything. When a person can take a camera and pan all the way from the right and then pan the camera all the way across the horizon to the complete left side, to the opposite side of the horizon, from, the, from our sun all the way to the opposite side of the horizon, and they're, they're wow, that right there it is, another sun. Okay, and what what we're really seeing is not another yellow dwarf star. That's not what we're seeing. What we're seeing is the reflection of our sun very brightly against the surface of that particular planet. So when the planets are aligned just so, okay, then you will get a dynamic whereby one of those planets, one of those seven planets, I mean, they say five to seven, it's probably seven. I don't know, you know, but, uh, but anyway, it's always stated as five to seven orbiting planets around Nibiru, which is the failed sun in the center of that solar system, okay? But anyway, when our sun shines against it just right, let's say that it's... Uh, that one of those planets is just slightly behind our sun, pointing directly Earth, and the brightness of our sun is reflecting off of that planet. It looks from here like a second sun. All right, now, uh, which is really interesting because if you go and you watch, um, just for the fun of it, let's say you get bored over the weekend, you decide to go ahead and watch it, you can go watch uh, the movie... Um, Deep Impact with um, uh, with uh, uh, Glover. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. Um, Danny Glover. That's it. Uh, as the president, and you will see if you pay close enough attention. It's a it's a quick scene. It's easy, it'll easily blow past you. So if you're getting you're filling up your Kool Aid from Belize or whatever, um, then you will miss it. You'll miss it. But I. I snapped a photograph of it um, because I needed to hold it in a still shot because in that uh, 
in the movie Deep Impact, Deep Impact with Danny Glover as the president. And it's got that little kid and his girlfriend and stuff on the motorbike that go riding up the side of the mountain not to get hit by the tidal wave that's coming in from one of the meteors that splashed down, yada, yada, blah, blah, and all that kind of stuff. But anyway, there's a scene in there where I believe Danny Glover as the president comes out to tell everybody, you know, of course they held back, they held back, they held back. They didn't want to tell anybody. They didn't want to tell anybody. Uh, you know, they're trying to think of what are we going to do, what are we going to do kind of thing. And um, without causing the whole world to panic and everybody to stomp, stomp on each other and kill children and all that kind of stuff in a panic. And, um, and anyway, but there's a scene in that movie where the meteor that's heading toward the Earth, the big one, uh, is – I guess at the perfect location in the solar system where it shined as a second sun. So when in, in on that scene in the movie, uh, if you were to go back and watch it and pay close attention, and you know, don't be woofing down on on your uh, on your sub sandwich that you got from uh, Subway or whatever, and you don't miss the scene, you will notice this two suns in the sky, two suns in the sky. And I, I remember seeing that scene for the first time, and it was after we were already seeing the second sun dynamics back in 2011 and 2010, 2010 2011, 2012, etc. You know, and um, I was like, wow. Wow. And, uh, of course, then I started to research more and, and you know, and then it, it became incredibly obvious. A lot of people had and have and do still continue to struggle deeply with why can it only be seen from Antarctica? Why can it only be seen from Alaska? Why can it only be seen at certain times of the day? Why this? Why, why, why? Why can't I see it? Why can't I just walk outside and see it? Well, that's because most people... <clears throat> Unfortunately, they just don't really have any concept of what the solar system – they just don't get parallax. They don't understand the, the, the fact that the Earth is round. Sorry, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings out there, but I, it is. It's very, very round. It's spherical. And um, uh, they just don't understand that when you're, you know, when you're in the southern hemisphere, you're seeing a completely different constellation than you're seeing – than you are seeing when you are in the northern urin. <laughs> can't talk. Can't, can't talk. I must be tired, more tired than I thought. Then you're seeing when you're in the northern hemisphere. Okay. You know, as a matter of fact, Admiral Harrington, the, the head uh, of uh, uh, the, the head guy for the United States Naval Observatory in the 1990s before they killed him, uh, told everybody that he was going to retire, take his telescope down to Antarctica and set it up there and watch for the approach of Nibiru. Okay. Percival Lowell, the person who put up the Lowell Observatory, was a studier, a, f a fanatical studier of Japanese ancient history and learned about Planet X that way, and that was the reason why he put up the Lowell Observatory. Um, so anyway, um, this concept of, uh, you know, again, I'm not, I'm not, a, you know, I, I'm not one of those people sitting behind the telescope looking at it and saying, there it is. Okay, I'm just taking the testimony of the other people that have said that they have seen it and watched it and said that, you know, here's the trajectory, here's where it's coming from. The word used to be, but I can't test that that is still the case, that it would be coming in from the south of the ecliptic plane, because the planets that uh, orbit around the sun in this solar system, which is really weird, by the way, I'll just let you know that I think it's very strange. But anyway, is the, it's the ecliptic plane is like a record album. So 
Very hard to imagine. I know, but I'm just going to share this with you. So imagine if you're holding a 33.5 LP record album in your hand, okay? And in the very center where the little hole is, okay, you put a sun, okay, our sun. And then you take like, I don't know, like little dots or whatever, little sticky dots, and you put where all the different planets are on that 33.5 album. Okay, that is how the planets orbit the sun. They orbit on what's known as an ecliptic plane. Okay, so they are literally flat. So if you take our solar system and you map out all the planets that are orbiting our sun, they are on a plane. P-L-A-N-E, a flat surface. Okay, they're not like one is, isn't higher than the other and one is lower than the other. They are literally on a plane. It's known as the ecliptic plane. Well, evidently, the solar system, the Nibiru, Tyke, whatever solar system, is coming up from the south of the ecliptic plane, which means that a scientist would want to put their uh, space telescope down in Antarctica in order to see it approaching the Earth from the south. Okay, and therein lies that concept. But anyway, I have not seen uh, in the last 12 years such an uptick, such a phenomenal surge of second sun. I mean, we're not talking about little sightings. We're talking about sightings that are shocking. And they are vivid, very, very vivid. There's no, there's no like, oh, no, that's not a second sun. That's a sun dog. No, no, this is big stuff. So anyway... <clears throat> In conjunction with uh, this particular topic, uh, that FAA web, uh, I'm sorry, weather camera, um, uh, Sister Lori had sent me a, uh, an image of it, and she said, what do you make of this? And um, originally, I was so distracted with my work, so distracted with life, so distracted with everything else under the sun that I just, you know, uh, I didn't really give it the attention that it deserved immediately. Then when I went back and looked at it a little bit more closely, when I did, um, I said, holy majoli, that is, a, excuse me. Okay, I'm back. Okay, um, I I was blown away. I looked at it and I thought to myself, that is not just, you know, a planetary object. I looked at it very carefully, you know, very, very, very carefully, and it appears to be assembled. It appears to be mechanical. It appears to have a seam, like an S-E-A-M seam going around the middle of it, like it was like welded together. It appears to have rivets in it, potentially. I mean, it looks like it was built, okay? It doesn't look like a planet. It looks like it was assembled like a spaceship, okay? So anyway, when I noticed that attribute of it, I was extremely interested in it, and that's when I took the snapshot of it and I sent it out via the email to everybody that uh, is on the e uh, Tribulation Now email uh, recipient list. Now, I did naturally <clears throat> receive some communications from various people who, no matter how much I beg, no matter how much I plead, no matter how many tears are rolling down my eyes. Okay, I'm exaggerating a little. Um, but I cannot, uh-oh, 
hold on a second. Oh no. Oh, fiddle faddle. Okay, well I'll just have to find it later. Um okay. Praise God. I'll find it. Uh I lost my G- my little Jesus bracelet, so I'll find it. It's probably I don't know how it became disconnected, but anyway, it, it uh, but forget. But when it, anyway, I, people were emailing me going, "Is there no Sunday show?" And I said, and then I would have to go out and fetch the link, you know, for them to sign up for the emails. And then I don't even know if they even bother to sign up for the emails, but I wish that everybody would. It cost me a fortune. I mean, it really does. It's 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 hundreds and hundreds of dollars per year for me to have that email that goes out to people. And it makes me very sad to have to pay that kind of money, you know, it for as small a number of people who are actually signed up for it. And I, I it's a bummer. I mean, it's a mega bummer. But I can't seem, you know, I guess people have too many emails. They don't want any more emails. So they would rather just write me and miss out on being able to see giant, spherical, you know, Death Star motherships uh, off, you know, it, it appears to be in our solar, I mean, right in our atmosphere, in the Earth's atmosphere. Now, you know, could it be just that it's passing by? Could we never see it? Could we maybe not see it for several more years? Yes. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, yes, indeed. It is highly likely that we may never see this again, not for years. It may be, who knows, could this be the David Doetry, um, uh copper you know, colored, uh, spherical mothership that supposedly shall, will appear in the sky above the earth so that every TV station in the, uni- in the entire world will be trained upon it. The same one that Augusto Perez, Pastor Augusto Perez, was shown in his vision, okay, is, you know, the same one that caused Jesus to explain to Pastor Sori Park when he was in heaven that NASA will come on television and tell everybody on the earth that the aliens took the people, when in reality that's not going to be the case, that it will be us getting flown out of here on, if it's what I think, two wings of a great eagle in Revelation chapter 12, praise God. But anyway, could this actually be an early manifestation of that spherical Death Star copper mothership in this image, in this image that I sent out to everybody that's on the email list. Um, Now, if you're someone who's saying email list, what email list? Well, I'll I'll tell you. Um, And, you know, maybe some will and maybe most won't. That's usually what happens. But I will just let you know that um, every single email that I send out for a radio show announcement has the link in it for signing up uh, for the email list. Okay, there's nothing to it. You don't have to confirm it. You don't have to do any weird thing where you sign up with secret words and your mother's maiden name or nothing like that. You just put it in your email, hit the button, and bam. Uh, there you go, and you're on the list. All right, you can go to tribulation-now.org, O-R-G, tribulation-now.org. Hit enter, and on the right side, if you're using a normal – now, if you're using a mobile device, um, you might have to do some scrolling and looking around. Because the way that 
web pages render on mobile devices is always different depending on the mobile device. It is extremely difficult to explain to people where to go to find things on a particular website when they're using mobile devices because, again, the different mobile devices render the web page differently. Now, that being said, if you're using a laptop or any other kind of a desktop or whatever the case is, and you're going to tribulation-now.org, and it's not being blocked by your employer or whatever the case is, like so many are blocking it, because um, it's, you know, it's just a, it's, it's a naughty, naughty website, and it tells, you know, the same kind of things that Tucker Carlson was telling people when uh, Fox got rid of them. Uh, as a matter of fact, m many of us, such as myself, um, as devastating as it was that Tucker got removed from Fox, I admit that I was much, I was blown away. I could not believe he got to say as many things that he did say as he did. I, I, I couldn't believe they were letting him get away with it. Uh, but anyway, um, but anyway, so if you go to tribulation-now.org, you will see, t in theory, depending on your web browser, et cetera, you will see two red buttons on the right-hand side that say subscribe now, exclamation point. One says website email link, and one says radio show email list, the one on the bottom. You want to click on the one that says radio show email list, the one on the bottom, and then enter in your email there, and that will put you on the list. And then you will get notifications such as, I am so tired, I cannot do a show tonight, or whatever the case is, or I'm going to play a rerun or a best of show or, you know, whatever. Okay, so, um, but anyway, at this point, um, uh, you know, I, if you have not seen the um this amazing orb sphere in the sky uh in uh alaska and let me see if i can tell you the, the name of the town hold on a second larson bay so if you want to look it up find larson bay uh alaska and you will know then where this particular sphere was being seen in the sky above the earth. Praise God. So is it noteworthy? Is it amazing? Is it wow? Could it be? Yes, it's all of the above, or else I would not have taken the time to send it out to people via the email list, uh, which is heavily un underutilized. So I highly recommend that you consider going out and signing up for it. And if you don't want to, okay, you can just do like you always do and email me and I'll take some extra time to help you uh, understand, you know, the options uh, or, you know, what they can do to see the information or or uh, or help them to understand whoever it may be who doesn't want the emails, help them to understand that I'm taking a particular night off or whatever the case may be. Praise God. Anyway, so I wanted to get that out to you uh, because this is huge. This is, in my opinion, some of the most important news, this this object. This object, I don't know what it is, but it definitely has what appears to be some type of a seam, S-E-A-M, going around the center of it. And it also appears to have these little dots, which could be the rivets that David Doetry said he saw in this copper-shaped spaceship that Jesus showed him in his vision of the rapture. Okay, praise God. So if it is that object, if it is that Death Star-like spaceship, then what's it doing hovering around the outer edges of planet Earth? And does that indicate that it might be coming here to 
manifest itself to the entire world very, very soon. We do not know the answer to that, but being aware that it is there is really pretty big. It's a big deal for a lot of us. It's a huge deal for me. It keeps me going, keeps me waking up, keeps me dealing with the things that I got to deal with. Praise God. And it gives us a lot of hope. I mean, it ought to give us a lot of hope. Um, Now, could we still be here for a while? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'll be, you know, I know it's, I know it's a bummer. I know it. I really, really do know it's a bummer. Uh, the, the most frequent question that I'm asked is how long, Johnny, how long, Johnny, are we going now? Are we going next week? And, you know, right now I'm just kind of doing the tongue in cheek saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. T- uh, this next Tuesday at two o'clock PM, maybe two fifteen, we're going to leave, you know, because the fact of the matter is we have no idea. Okay. We don't know, you know, are we going to be here? You know, it's, the Bible seems to indicate that all, all of the bride of Jesus Christ will be on the earth for the global financial collapse. Okay, but that's even happening in slow motion. Did you know how close we are right now? We are over the one-year mark for the Russia-Ukrainian war. Did you know that? We're past the one-year mark. Wow. Okay, so really when it comes right down to it, uh, I, words cannot describe I mean, and so let's just imagine for a second that my hypothesis is correct and that Donald Trump will run in 2024. He will get elected and then they will ultimately disappear him. And then that will cause civil war to break out in the United States of Babylon the Great which would fulfill the Dimitri Dudeman uh, vision. It will fulfill uh, some of the various visions of David Wilkerson. It will fulfill, uh, I don't know if it was Hank Kuhneman or who, who it was that had the vision of the gigantic cross of gunpowder across the United States where the fire that started the gunpowder on fire started in the very middle of the X. I don't know if that's who it was who had that vision. It might have been somebody else. Uh, I forget. I could ask my sister. She might remember. But anyway, um, we have so many confirmations that the United States is going to break into civil war that it it seems to me like it's a given. All right. Now, all that being said, um, the only thing – and I talked about this years ago. I, I even sent out a challenge. I said, I challenge all the listeners of the radio show, and I gave them my email address. I said, if you can think of anything else that would cause the United States to break out into civil war, please email me. And there were a lot of guesses, but it appears at this stage in the game, or I, I hate to use that, that term game because there isn't nothing fun or gaming about any of this stuff. It's actually kind of hard to deal with, but... Um, you know, all those things aside, when we look at the biblical end times timeline, that appears yet still to be what is the most likely reason why the United States would break into civil war. Okay, it's not as if the temperament of the people is not already there, because it certainly is. It certainly is. As a matter of fact, there's a rally of uh, there's all kinds of notifications going out over the internetosphere right now of people gathering by the untold numbers to go to Lisbon for to interrupt the Bilderberg uh, meeting where the elites will be getting together. And I'm thinking to myself, what do you expect that you're going to accomplish? Because 
it's, the answer is nothing. They're not going to accomplish a thing. Okay, even if they had gone to you know Davos 2023, that was they had men by the gazillions. I don't even know how many of them. They were everywhere with machine guns protecting these people. So, um, you know, unless it's going to be another French Revolution, unless they're going to take the entire uh, you know, population of France and throw it over into Lisbon, <clears throat> you, know, uh, you know, and have them just storm the building, and then what, ex- what are they going to do? Because unless they get rid of them uh, in one way or another, uh, the problem isn't going to go away. <laughs> Okay, so anyway, um, uh, you know, we do live in, uh, you know, interesting times. It is very, very difficult for those of us who have been hanging in there for more than a decade. And some in some cases, I know people that have been hanging in there for two decades, two and a half decades. Um, And it is it's um, I don't know what you I don't know how you describe it. It is a very, very difficult journey. It is a very, very difficult journey that is absolutely overflowing with the disappointment because we get excited about these giant, I don't know, Death Star objects in the sky. But then tick-tock, 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 tick. I mean, do you know that we have over what? Let's think about it. April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Um, Then we've got... January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, November. So that's 20. Yeah, we're talking about almost, aren't we? Isn't it about two years plus? Two years plus three months, I think, before Donald Trump would even get inaugurated in 2025. You know, so we're all saying, well, 2024 and it's April 2023. So it's really not just around the corner. But really, when you think about it, the amount of time that Obama, the Antichrist, and Biden have to slaughter what's left of any sign of civilization is remarkable. I mean, the amount of damage that the two of those entities, and they are beings from the bowels of Sheol that, I mean, just so far from the pits of Dante's Inferno, you cannot describe it without using some really colorful language. This is some sick, twisted, horrible stuff, okay? And we're surrounded by it. It's it's in the cancer of the seeding darkness, the Draco reptilian infestation of the reptilian overlords has it's so deep into our Congress. It's so deep into the Republican base. It's so deep into the Senate. It's so deep into the that's why nothing is getting done. There is no I hate to say this, but as far as, you know, there's no hope. There's no hope. It is game over. Everybody's left the stadium. There isn't even a row of people sitting there talking about what we could do if this happened or that happened or this happened or that happened because there isn't anything. Donald Trump is not going to save the day. Nothing's going to change anything. It is what it is. Okay, that's just how it is. I mean, it is. It really is. There isn't any turning of any of this stuff around. It's not going to turn around. Period. And you know what? If it does turn around, I will happily hang up my microphone forever, and I will move to Panama. Panama. Hallelujah. Sell the whole daggone thing. Take me and my doggies and go down there and get myself a little monkey and some grapes and maybe a banana tree in the back, and I'll hang out there until whenever. Praise Jesus. But i got to get out of this place. This, the United States is just too sick and twisted. I mean, at the point, oh, my gosh, how can anybody tolerate this place? How can anybody stand to be here?
I mean, at least up in Canada, you can go out into the forest and get away from, you know, any sign of civilization. But if you're like me and whatever, I mean, I, it's just it's disgusting. And, you know, I, I think what I'm going to start to do is I'm just going to leave it up to Mary Lee and Sister Vera to send me the news that they can send me. But I don't think I'm going to spend very much time on Twitter anymore because I can't handle the sickness. The I, I'll just leave it at that. I'm just going to leave the word sickness. I cannot handle seeing with my eyes the filth. And I mean, folks, it is filth, really bad filth. The kind of filth that you will beg God to remove from your memory. Filth. Extremely bad filth. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Um, you know, and it's funny. It didn't start out like that at first. You know, when we were when I was getting all the information about the CBDCs, Fed now, uh, you know, the uh, all the 50 minute cities. You know, the master plan, uh, the, uh, the um, uh, oh, goodness gracious sakes alive, my eyesight is going, graphene oxide nanoparticles that are inside all these shots that they're trying to, now they want to put it in our food supply and everything else under the sun. Uh, and, you know, all, and they're not stopping any of these things. See, that's another thing that's crucially important for us to realize, is while we are being distracted by the shiny objects, Tucker Carlson getting fired, all this other stuff. That's the only, like right now. If you go on Twitter, that's for it's endless. One post after another. Tucker Carlson, 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 Tucker Carlson. I mean, there are at least a hundred different theories on what's going on with Tucker. I know I have insider information. I have. I'm a friend of one of his best friends, and I know exactly what happened. And I'm like, whatever. I say it's a miracle that he was on as long as he was on, and and that's it. You know, now was I bummed when I heard that Tucker Carlson was fired? Yes, very much so. Because to me, and Dan Bogino was taken off, of course. But you know, to me, it was like the last bastion of mainstream media actually warning the people of the world, warning them. About what all the stuff he's he was all the stuff that we talk about on this program, almost all. You know, he never talked about reptilian overlords, but he mentioned them. He had graphics behind him multiple times, with podiums and reptilian beings standing at the podiums. I don't know how many people noticed that, but I noticed it an awful lot. I think he knows way more than he. So who knows where he's going to end up? I don't know. Uh, or maybe he just says the heck with it. I mean, he certainly has enough money to retire right now if he wants to. But I just have a feeling knowing, or I don't know much, but I just got a gut feeling that he'll probably join up with another whatever organization. I know that Glenn Beck wants him to join uh, the Blaze. So I don't know. I have no idea what's going to happen. None of us do. There's lots of speculation out there, but... um, I think it was really beneficial, praise Jesus, that he was a part of Fox News because uh, there are just gazillions of people out there that will watch Fox, but they'll never turn on the blaze. There are gazillions of people out there that will watch Fox, but will never go to banned video. There are gazillions of people out there that will watch Fox, 
that will never go to BitChute. You understand what I'm saying? And that's why I was blessed to see him being allowed to say what he did say, because I knew that people were being reached in places of the world who otherwise would not have had a shot at being reached, because these are the type of people that simply will not go to alternate news media sources like Bandot Video, BitChute, or whatever the case may be. Praise God. All right. So anyway, I wanted to get that out there. I wanted to share once again uh, the email. If you go to tribulation-now.org, you go down to the second one, the second big red button. The first one is for it says website email link. Now, if you click that one, what that does is it sends you a little email to let you know that I put another post up on the website. I have not been putting new posts up on the website. And the reason for that is just time. I am, I'm just admitting the truth. I'm getting old. I really am. And people will laugh at me and joke with me. There are listeners of the radio show that are in their 80s, and they giggle when I say that I'm getting old at 61. But I'm, my body is hurting. It is hurting badly. Okay, I've, I, I've got to make some changes in my life. I look at my calendar, and I'm like, how am I going to do this? I'm already getting up at 4 o'clock in the morning. So I have to really do some super ultra deep soul searching and try because I've got to rearrange stuff. And that's I don't know what that's going to translate into. I really have no idea. So I'm going to leave it at that. Um, but uh, I just haven't had the time. It takes a lot of time, not to mention that there are some things that are broken on the website that I have to fix, and I have to do it all by myself. And it takes hours and hours and hours on top of everything else that I have to do. So um, uh, I have to, something has to give. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just one person. Okay, yes, Sister Nancy does help me out with guests, you know, when, when we do bring guests on and everything. Praise the Lord and thank you, Jesus, for that. Yes, you know, Vera sends me some some uh, news, e- e- you know, emails, you know, some. Mary Lee sends me gazillions. Praise God for her help uh, and Vera's help. And, um, and uh, you know, but it is what it is. It is what it is. And I'm, I'm one person. I'm working, you know, uh, 10, 11 hours a day. And, uh, you know, and it is what it is, folks. It is what it is. And it's a miracle. It's a miracle that for 12 years I've been able to continue to do this. It's a miracle. It's a real, honest, bona fide, goodness, gracious, sakes alive, down from Jesus, off from heaven miracle that I've been able to continue to do what I'm doing right now. You know, um, it's difficult, but most people don't realize that three three three-hour radio shows actually translates into, let's see, three... 4.5 to 5 hour segments because I have to do prep. Okay, I got to put together the show notes and everything else and all that. Plus, I have to minister to people. There are people that communicate with me that need assistance. And I can't let that slip either. I have to help people when they ask for help. I'm not going to get into all the details of how that can be manifested, but sometimes people are in a panic. Some times they're under attack, heavy demonic attack. And I have to, you know, it's 4.30 a.m. in the morning, and I'm dropping everything and making a phone call to somebody in another state, you know, using spiritual warfare tactics and cleaning out, cleaning house. Okay, so, you know, that's all comes with, it's all part of the territory. It's all part of just doing 
the service to God for, for the Lord. Praise Jesus. But yes, I'm just one guy fighting my way through all of this stuff. I'm not looking for sympathy. I'm just explaining in advance why you, as the listeners of this radio show, will absolutely see times where I will say, I'm taking tonight off. I need time. It was a blessing. I did not connect to Twitter one time over the weekend. I did not connect to Twitter anytime on Sunday. I did not connect to Twitter anytime on Monday. I did not connect to any of that stuff because I needed to cut it. I needed to heal. Praise God. All right. And now I think I have a strategy moving forward, but the strategy is unproven, so we'll just have to see how it goes. All right. Praise God. It's 15 minutes after 8. We're going to be bringing on Lauren here in a second. I am going to cut Lauren a break tonight, and we are going to run all the way to 10 o'clock Eastern time, even though that's going to be very, very hard on me, but that's okay. Praise the Lord. It's part of my suffering and, you know, whatever. But anyway, I want to go ahead and play uh, this, uh, Not maybe not the whole thing, but a, a portion of this redacted program because it's touching upon a very, very, very important uh, subject, but not until we uh, give the kids a treat. Kids? All right. Kids. Why won't Peter peanut butter? And isn't peanut butter really expensive nowadays, kids? I know. I know. Your moms and dads make you say like triple prayers and everything when you get your peanut butter and jelly sandwich. No, no. <laughs> I know. Why won't peanut butter tell you a secret? Because he's afraid that you'll spread it. <laughs> ah! You know, spreading peanut butter? Come on. All right. I'll take it. Praise Jesus. Kids, what did the grape say when it got crushed? Nothing. It just let out a little wine. <laughs> you know, a little wine. Come on, kid. You're, 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 okay. All right. I thought maybe I was going to get spanked on that one, but I didn't. So, kids, so what if I don't know what apocalypse means? The end of the world. <laughs> right, kids? What? Come on. Oh, oh not the end of the world if I don't know what apocalypse means. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's take a listen to this redacted segment and see. Uh, get This is important. This is important. But the question is, how important? We don't know. But let's listen. There we go. Oh, I forgot to flip the switch. The dreaded switch. A major NATO operations center in Ukraine. 300 people killed, along with dozens of high-ranking NATO officials, Ukrainian officials at the top, top levels. Was that story kept from you? Was it redacted? You weren't allowed to know about this story. We're going to show you the evidence in a moment, as well as why it's being kept silent from you. It'll all start to make sense. All of these pieces with these leaked Pentagon documents and all of these statements recently from Lloyd Austin and others, and European leaders who are flying to China saying, we're not really interested in talking with the United States anymore about this. Can you broker peace, please? All of these pieces seem to be pointing to a similar, uh, similar answer in this, and there's a reason for all of this. But first, some context on this story. So March 2nd, let's rewind the clock, a little over a month ago, U.S. and NATO launched a terror attack inside of, Ru- inside of Russia. I'm not sure if you remember this using Ukrainian soldiers. Now, remember, I say everything that is carried out in Ukraine 
is because of NATO and the United States. It's not Ukraine. It's a proxy war. We're directing everything. Everything that happens, we are directing the traffic. They crossed the border into Mother Russia, into the Bryansk region, and they carried out terrorist attacks in a couple of village areas. There's a lot of gunfire reports. Initially, we're like, wow, there's like 50 Ukrainians. Turns out, no, it wasn't that many. It ended up being a lot less than that. But nevertheless, people were killed, killing a person, uh, injuring a, a 10-year-old boy, uh, also firing drones. Uh, drone, drones were dropping um, incendiary devices on residential homes. So it was a residential attack. It had no military strategic importance whatsoever. The only thing it was designed to do was provoke Russia. Scott Ritter was on the show at the time. He said it was a clear provocation, he told our audience. Clear provocation. These guys were animals. It served no military purpose whatsoever. It was a terrorist attack. Um, again, against a 10-year-old boy, civilians. That's what this was. The whole goal was to provoke Russia. Um, and then Putin declared, Putin declared it a terrorist attack. Russia declared it a terrorist attack, said, game over, we will respond. And then he made it in a devastating way, a devastating response to this attack. A few days later, on March 8th and 9th, Putin responded, launching for the very first time hypersonic missiles, six of them to be exact. These are the Kinzhal missiles, known as the daggers. Uh, President Biden described them as, quote, a consequent weapon that is almost impossible to stop. Ukraine admits they have nothing that can stop these Russian hypersonic missiles. Nothing. In fact, the United States even test launched their own hypersonic missile a month ago, and it failed off Hawaii. Disaster. So Scott Ritter was on our show that day to talk about this attack and how devastating these Kinzhal attacks were. Watch. The Russians are coming in with very innovative tactics designed to force the Ukrainians to activate their radars so that the radars can be identified and destroyed, force the Ukrainians to fire uh, their specific missiles, especially from high-value resources like uh, the Iris-T or the NASAMs. Now the Patriot system is in Ukraine, allegedly. Um, and then for the Russians then to target these and to denigrate, to degrade, to neutralize the Ukrainian air defense so that they can impose their will on this space. And last night, we saw the Russians begin to impose their will. Um, they struck repeatedly. They struck targets of high value. And they started using, in large numbers, the uh, Kinzhal missile. Before, the Kinzhal was a one-of. They fire one here, one there, because it's a very expensive missile, and the Russians don't have, didn't have a lot of them. But the Russians have been producing Kinzhals. They, they're running uh, triple shifts at the facilities to, pro to produce these things. And I think we're seeing these missiles starting to come out in quantities so that the Russians can integrate them. And the important thing about the Kinzhal is no matter what <laughs> NATO and Ukrainians do, you can't shoot it down. The missile cannot be shot down. So it can be used, for instance, to strike any target at once. And now notice there are 81 um, launches. Um, six were Kinzhal. So the Kinzhal is still a small portion of the uh, overall uh, you know, less than 10% of the overall strike force, but the targets it hits are guaranteed to be destroyed. So it can hit command and control targets. It can hit critical energy infrastructure that might otherwise be protected with air defense resources that would um, negate, um, you know, a caliber attack or a Shahid-136 attack or an Iskander attack. Well, you can't negate the Kinzhal. It hits, it destroys, that's it. It can also start taking out 
the high-value air defense systems themselves. If you can identify a German IRIS-T or an American Patriot system or a NASAM system, take it out with the Kinzhal. Bam, that's worth the expenditure. And I think you're going to see uh, General Sarvakin continue to shape this battle, allure the Ukrainians and activating radars to be destroyed, firing systems to be identified, and bringing to bear the hypersonic Kinzhal when needed to eliminate high-value targets. This is the beginning of the air campaign, which is designed to collapse Ukraine as a modern nation state, and in doing so, collapse political support for the Zelensky government. So what we didn't know at the time was what specific targets were struck. And Russia then, here's the, you know, the payload, you can see it in the, in the graphic here, what this looks like. And then Russia finally admitted to destroying NATO's deep underground command bunker in Kiev a few days after these attacks. They admitted to this. But what was in this command bunker? NATO was quiet about it. The United States has been absolutely silent about this Western bunker near the capital of Ukraine that was totally destroyed. Have you heard about it? Has CNN covered it? Has Fox News covered it? Has any major media outlet covered it? Has the BBC covered it? Where has this story been? Who was killed there? Has Ukraine talked about it? No, but that very day, you can piece the pieces, you can piece the evidence together and see interviews with Zelensky that afternoon where he looks like, a, like he was a beaten dog, like he just literally had his stomach punched and, and, and was slapped in the head because something big had just happened. And arguably, he was supposed to have been there during that time when this, when, this, uh, when this bunker busting bomb unfolded. So what exactly happened? Well, reports started to trickle out to sor- from sources that I trust and independent media sources that one of these six Kinzhal missiles struck a secret bunker in Western Ukraine near the capital. It was devastating. And then again, I said, you know, Zelensky shows up on TV, looks like a, like a beaten down dog because he just lost hundreds of his top leadership members. Hundreds of them. Russia struck a bunker that was 400 feet below ground. All right. I'm going to stop it at that point because this goes on for a long, 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 long time. But I wanted you to hear the 400 feet below ground. And you might say, well, how? That's a long way down. Well, evidently, because of the extreme speed of the hypersonic missiles, and it's pointy like a, like an arrow, you know, it's a you know very sharp tipped, pointy, and and the thing is moving at just phenomenal rates of speed. And so what happens is when that thing comes, you know, from whatever altitude it it flies at, which I suspect is probably 30,000, 35,000, 40,000 feet up, and then it points down toward the target or the ground where it's going to hit, it will literally go through the earth and down several hundred feet underground before the thing explodes. So it was literally able to burrow through the earth, down into the underground bunker, and explode right at the underground bunker, killing all of the generals and military leadership that were inside that underground bunker, who, of course, naturally would have thought that they were 
uh, untouchable because they were several hundred feet underground in a fortified military bunker. Okay, so what a humongous blow and surprise it must have been uh, for uh, this to have happened. And what does it translate into? Well, the reality is we just don't know. Does it mean anything, really? Uh, are they going to replace quickly? You know, in a, war, in a war footing, what happens is, you know, like in my last job, I was promoted two times very rapidly within one year, but there were gazillions of people quitting. Okay, so in a war footing, when people are dropping over, you know, they, the promotions, war, war promotions are, are fast. They're rapid. And you can move up the ranks really quick. So are they going to put other people in from NATO, other leaders in? Are there people getting promoted to generals that were just, you know, moments ago they were only, you know, lieutenant colonels or whatever? Yes, probably so. Uh, what does it mean in the grand scheme of the Russian-Ukrainian conflict? Well, we don't know. Does it mean anything? Maybe not. I mean, it seems like it's a really big deal. I can understand why Clayton Morris would think it was a really big deal and anybody else that was, you know, privy to it. But at the end of the day, as far as the war and the progress of the war in Ukraine, what does it actually translate into? It might be a whole lot of nothing. Be a whole lot of nothing. Um, and, you know, for, for I don't know what it means. This is another thing I don't know what it means. I know what people say it means, and that is the complete annihilation of Bakhmut. Once that's completed, it's not 100% yet, sort of like Mariupol. It took them a long time to get all of the troops out of the, uh, the area that they were hiding out underneath the steelworks plant. Um, it's the same kind of a dynamic where there's still holdouts in parts of Bakhmut, and that's taken forever. But supposedly, it, once the Russian Federation takes over for complete and in, in totality, it has to be total, can't be partial, has to be total. And once Bakhmut is completely operated by the Russian Federation, at that point, they have a pivot. That, that, in other words, ownership of Bakhmut also means ownership of supply routes that are necessary for Russia to move into Kiev and put an end to whatever it is they believe they're going to put an end to. What I wonder is what does Obama, the Antichrist, have up his sleeve as far as maintaining the conflict? I mean, they've come so far. Why would the Antichrist stop provoking the conflict? Why wouldn't he have a plan B, a plan C, a plan Z, a plan Q, a plan R? You know, I would think that if they've come this far, which they have, that they would not allow Russia to stop that they would have more false flags, more things. Maybe it's, you know, the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the nuclear attack on Chicago, okay, that we have played, um, you know, on this program. Maybe they set off a ground-based nuclear weapon in the city of Chicago and blame Russia on it. That would have been, uh, you know, uh, the, the point in time where there was no turning back and it starts World War III. Okay, we played that, uh, you know, Rachel Baxter testimony of what the Lord showed her. So we have to assume, any reasonable, per any reasonable person would assume, that at this stage, that it's reasonable that 
the Antichrist, Obama, would not allow Russia to back away. In other words, if Russia took Kiev, finished off the rest of the Nazis, and decided, okay, we're all going to go home, and, you know, enough is enough. Okay, and they turn their tanks around or whatever, and they say, you know, we're all going to go home. They set up, you know, they put lots and lots and lots of troops in there to, you know, hold land and prevent it from building back up again. Um, and if, if, you know, but I just can't imagine. I can't imagine in a gazillion years how that the Antichrist and his minions of darkness, okay, these reptilian overlords, this global satanic crime syndicate, I can't imagine them not holding back. I can't imagine them letting Putin go home. I mean, you've got uh, so much evidence to the contrary that there is no intention of any of them letting Putin go back home. No, none at all. You, tons and tons of evidence to the opposite of that, that they have no intention of letting this subside. And so we'll have to wait and see exactly how that transpires. Praise God. And on that note, let's go into the rest of the news, and then we'll bring on Brother Lauren Peters and praise Jesus. Here we go. Ladies and gentlemen. She's really well known in uh, politics and the news media. But anyway, she says, and I'm just going to read what she posted. She said, there's definitely going to be a worldwide outbreak of Ebola or Marlburg within the next 18 months, is her prediction. The United States government has been very quietly funding Ebola vaccines and contracts are being signed for Marlburg PCR tests, she says. I don't know where she's getting her information. This woman is extremely well connected, and I don't doubt she probably has some good sources. And she goes on to say the United States government is giving out contracts for pandemic-style testing for just, you know, for, the, for Ebola and Marburg. So, again, uh, it is her opinion. And by the way, for what it's worth, uh, the Sarah Manet vision of 1979 has a scene in it where uh, a hemorrhagic fever, a very severe, very bad one, you know, kills in 24 hours kind of a thing, because Marlberg nor Ebola kill that quickly. So when I read that in the ceremony vision of 79, I was like, kills in 24 hours. Wow. Because that is like Marlberg on steroids kind of a thing. So anyway, um, you know, so when you kind of look at the sociological impact of COVID, all the people beating their chest right now and saying things like, we've busted you, Fauci, you're going to be under arrest, we're going to put you all in arrest, you're all busted, you're all busted, this, that, and the other thing, people are starting to beat their chest now. Let me tell you something, folks. If a hemorrhagic fever breaks out and people are dropping dead in 24 hours, ain't going to be nobody beating their chest. Ain't going to be nobody beating their chest. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. All right. And another individual off of uh, Twitter uh, that is, this is new. I don't know this individual. I could care less, quite frankly. But they, uh, the news report has been that 
there's a biolab in Sudan. Now, I don't know if you're aware of this or not, but Sudan is under heavy attack. There's a full-blown war taking place in Sudan right now. Um, I don't know if you saw the movie from many, many years ago called Black something down black i forget but anyway uh yeah sudan is a very dangerous place and supposedly they have bombed a level four biohazard lab that is located in the sudan and there are many out there right now this one individual christopher miller uh, and, and also also supposedly the afp which is the france ap newswire they're speculating that something well you know Pretty bad might be a result of this particular bombing. So we'll have to wait and see if that happens. We do not know. Another headline that is directly related to it is EXC. Uh, it says Fauci, the Department of Defense, the um, uh, the CDC funded deadly pathogenic uh, research lab at the Sudanese biolab uh, was seized by militants. Okay, so again, uh, it has it has hit in a form of the mainstream media, or at least to some degree the FP. Anyway. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. What does it mean? We don't know. We're going to have to stay tuned. Could that be what triggers the release of Marlberg or a version of it that kills in 24 hours? We don't know. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So anyway, on that note, let's continue forward. All right. United States nuclear submarine to dock in South Korea. Now, let's see. It says a U.S. nuclear submarine is to visit South Korea with leaders set to announce a reinforced nuclear shield for the Asian country, Biden officials say. The move comes amidst aggressive nuclear posturing by the North. A United States nuclear submarine will soon visit South Korea for the first time since the 1980s. Senior United States officials said on Wednesday, the announcement comes. I'm trying to read through this a little bit faster. Nuclear missile test. Dates has not taken this measure. Biden and Yoon, yada, 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 blah, blah. However, officials see, wait a minute, stress that no nuclear weapons were deployed to South Korea. That's what I thought. Okay, see, the, the, mis- the very, very, very common mistake, I'm ex-Navy, okay, so these are things that I know a lot about. I've literally lived it. I've experienced it. Been there, done that. Been on a nuclear I I was for, wow, how many years on a uh, guided missile cruiser that carried nuclear missiles? (laughs) Okay, you can't get any closer to them than that. And um, so anyway, um, the number one mistake that media people make is they see the word nuclear side by side with the word submarine, and they assume that that submarine has nuclear missiles on it and can fire nuclear missiles into the neighboring countries that it... No, no. There's a big difference between a nuclear propulsion system, okay, where the actual propulsion system that, you know, moves the sub through the water is you know, powered by a small nuclear reactor. That is a completely different dynamic than a boomer uh, sub that actually has, you know, what are they, Poseidon missiles or whatever? But, yeah, that's a whole different story, folks, okay? So I was looking in this article for a sign that indicated that the submarine itself had nuclear missiles on it, and it indicates here in this particular write-up that it's just a nuclear propulsion system, so not really a... A nuclear threat uh, to the neighboring country. Praise God. Next one up. Okay, according to Breitbart News, Biden and his puppet masters. 
that would be Obama, by the way, plan to control your bank account. So once again, we're reflecting back over to the CBDC dynamic. Uh, you know, it, it even says in here, is President Joe Biden really running America? Ever since he's taken office, everyone has been wondering who's really pulling the strings. Is it Barack Obama, George Soros, Bill Gates? You know, and it, it, blah, blah, blah. But that's the kind of thing that you would expect to come from Breitbart. And uh, we already know who it is. We know it's the Antichrist, and we know that he has every intention to continue to pull those strings. And, uh, yeah, my goodness, can you imagine the damage they can do? Well, we got to go all the way. Or we got to finish the year 2023. Then we got to go all the way to November or until the election. And then we got to go like four more months or whatever, three more months all the way to January 6th of 2025. Can you imagine the damage they can do in that amount of time? Look at what they've done so far on such short notice. Wow. Next one up. EU, European Union country, sinking in debt, according to Bloomberg. Bloomberg, Poland, Romania, Hungary are now amongst the largest emerging uh, market borrowers, the outlet says. All right. So praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, the Western economies are sinking like kind of like a nuclear propulsion submarine that has no ballast tanks working. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. Uh, from Russia Today, we have a report that says the United States warns of an economic catastrophe. Default on the nation's debt would be a disaster, according to Janet Yellen. And it says a failure of the United States to raise its debt ceiling would lead to an economic and financial crisis in the country. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has cautioned, boy, talk about a puppet, a little old lady with white hair who prob- probably can barely get dressed in the morning. It's just another puppet. We're just dealing with puppets everywhere. It's just unbelievable, but whatever. Right? It's like, you know, we just have to choke it up. We got to hang in there. It could be a while, folks. Hang in there. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Wonderful. This is a wonderful and anointed period of time for each one of us to grow closer and more intimate in our prayer time and praise time with our King. Praise Jesus. Next one up. Jerusalem Post reports senior Iranian Ayatollah Abbas Ali Soleimani was assassinated, according to this report. So is that going to stir things up even worse than they are already over in the, in the Middle East? Nobody knows. Next one up. Iraqi News reports that China pushes the largest ever expansion of its nuclear arsenal, yeah, evidently the largest ever, for real. So they have a stockpile of over 350 nuclear warheads, and now they are ramping up production to an untold number. We don't know what that number is, but they are saying it's big. All right, praise God. And, of course, uh, another headline here saying the last truth teller on mainstream media, Tucker Carlson, is unceremoniously fired from Fox as the word got out that he was planning to expose the truth about the network, etc. Now, again, this particular article is making yet one of who knows how many millions of guesses there are. If you go out and you look at all of the articles about Tucker Carlson, there is I would submit to you if you use DuckDuckGo, although DuckDuckGo, I will warn you, has been infiltrated. Go.com has been infiltrated. Okay? I'm not sure who was, but one of the evil empire media alphabet or somebody bought them out or invested something. I don't know. Anyway, they're infiltrated, so bye-bye. All right, but anyway, so you can't even trust that stuff anymore. So, you know, the 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 complete um, 
destruction of the First Amendment, the complete destruction of uh, anything that might be considered to be marginally truthful on the Internet, has it's consummated. Deal is over. Hands have shaken. That's all she wrote. Okay, so now all we got is ourselves and hopefully a little bit of discernment. Um, it's uh, Nazi Germany. We are truly, very, verily, verily, I say unto you, we have entered into Nazi Germany. No question about it. Not that we weren't heading into it gangbusters already, but we are there. Especially in considering, uh, when you take into consideration the propaganda, the control of the news, and the eliminated, elimination of the First Amendment. All right, you know, uh, the right to free, free speech. Praise God. Next one up. Biohazard risk in Sudan as warring factions seize the biolab. So again, multiple headlines on that. Next one up. Transgender teacher spoke about wanting to shoot students and parents accused district of a cover-up. And this is talking about Fox Chapel Middle School and that, that psychosis, that weirdness, that LGBT, that, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy, is that bad. mm 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 I'm not even going to speculate on it. Okay, but anyway, I want to go ahead. Wait a minute. Uh, have been steamrolled. Okay, here is a testimony of a parliament, a leader in parliament in Australia, Senator Malcolm Roberts. Let's listen to what he has to say. Praise Jesus. Here we go. Let's see if it's coming up. No, it's not. Try it again. And bingo. I'm clear that people in this country and globally have been steamrolled. It is also clear that it has been coordinated globally. It is also clear that it has been integrated, not just over six months, not just over two and a half years, but it has been planned over decades. The changes to legislation in this country were done so that they could control doctors and people. But the people are waking, and it's thanks to people like Dr. Altman and all the presenters here today, thanks to people like Senator Babette and Craig Kelly. We know and we knew that this is all bullshit and that we've been had. But we are going to hound you down, the people that are guilty. We are going to hound you down and hold you accountable, and we will expose your global agenda so that the people of Australia can be free in the future. Because I love my kids, and I'm looking forward to my grandkids. And we are going to save this country. Thank you. All right. So anyway, that sentiment that you just heard coming out of that guy's mouth is growing uh, at an exponential rate, and it's all over the internetosphere. Everywhere you look, everywhere people are just gathering in large groups, it is no secret. All of the influencers out there, the Joe Rogans of the world and everybody, everybody's talking about it. Everybody's talking about it. we got to bring these people to justice, yada, 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 yada. All, as far as I can tell, the only thing that that will do is it will accelerate the speed at which they operate. Uh, the greater the threat that they perceive, the greater the reality of the threat is that they perceive toward their agenda, the more chaos that they will cause. They're going to set off nukes. They're going to set off nukes. They're going to do things that are so horrific, so unbelievable. What if they have a nuke, an underwater nuke, planted in the Cascadia subduction zone uh, crevasse? What if all they got to do is press a button and the entire west, you know, the entire Pacific Northwest just goes cracks like a soft, soggy cracker and falls off into the ocean? I mean, what if that's only part of a series of events that they have lined up? 
We don't know. But it stands to reason, all things considered, that that's probably what we are dealing with here. Once they see the French Revolution pointing at them directly, I believe it's reasonable to estimate that things are going to get hyper ugly very, very quickly. As if that's, you know, it's hard to even, even imagine things getting much worse. But yes, they certainly will. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Now, next one up. Controlled economic. I love this article. I mean, uh, the headline of this article, Controlled Economic Demolition. Germany abandons nuclear power even as European energy crisis worsens. So it, it, it goes on to say that Germany will shut down its ISAR-2 nuclear power uh, plant near Munich as part of its nationwide effort to eliminate all dirty forms of energy, which is kind of silly because there is no, there's no dirtiness associated with nuclear energy. But anyway, whatever. Uh, I find it very – most enlightening, very uh, – I don't know uh, – what would be the word? I love the term controlled economic demolition, which, by the way, isn't the, this isn't the only one who is saying it. There are other people that are using that same term for what is happening to the West right now. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next headline up. Sweden considering sending troops to the Sudan to evacuate its citizens. Oh, but that's not enough because Turkey is also going to send uh, evacuate their citizens from the Sudan on Sunday. Oops, oops, oops. If that weren't enough, wait a minute. The United States Embassy personnel in the Sudan will be evacuated amidst a violent conflict. So they're pulling everybody out of the Sudan. It's looking like it's going to get a lot worse than it is right now. Boy, do we find out what happens to those bio labs. Next one up. Six cattle died mysteriously in, Tex in Texas. But what's really weird is they had their tongues removed. Mulder and Scully are on the scene right now. Oh. Okay, listen to this. This is Megyn Kelly, and she's talking about the Trump people. She was confronted by an, uh, a uh, you know person that there was an interview taking place, and the person asked her, you know, do you really see Trump being unstoppable? Do you really not see DeSantis as being a threat? And this is her comment. This is her response. And I will tell you, I won thousand percent, if there is a such thing, agree with Megyn Kelly's perception of what is about to take place in the next election, providing something spooky and creepy and horrible doesn't happen before then. All right. Anyway, let's listen to her comment because it is very relevant. Here we go. Win if Trump runs. So, and I don't, I just, against me if I'm wrong, but I won't be. I don't think anybody else could win if Trump runs. So, and I don't, I just, really, I don't so you, know. you think if they got on a stage, you, you don't think that DeSantis is, is crafty enough or no. stands enough? To, really? No. I don't even think that a little. Um, I think Trump sucks up all the energy in every room, no matter what. And even someone as skilled as a politician and smart policy-wise as DeSantis can't overcome that. He can't. You really think the hardcore MAGA is going to abandon Trump or DeSantis? They're not. They, they like DeSantis. But they don't think it's his turn. They think Trump was screwed out of his last election, that he was screwed out of his first term by all the craziness and the Russia gate and so on. And they think he's, he is entitled. He deserves another shot at it. Like the hardcore Trump faithful is unshakable. They like DeSantis, but they would never cross Trump for him. And they think that DeSantis owes his political career to Trump. Like if forced to choose, they will choose Trump. So 
DeSantis can't take him down. It's like the line in War Games, the only winning move is not to play. DeSantis has got to either be crowned by Trump um, or he shouldn't run. He won't win over Trump. I, I'll stand by that. You can play it against me if I'm wrong, but I won't be. Okay, well, I I totally agree with her. She's uh, way, way right. All right, praise God. Now, this is the full commentary uh, that people out there on the internetosphere is saying is the very, very best rant, the very, very best uh, rant, rant, really, uh, 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 of Glenn Beck's ever recorded in the history of his entire career. Okay, and I also play a little snippet of this on occasion. But anyway, it's worth listening to, and we're going to listen to it right now. Praise God. Here we go. All right. Oh, oh, wait. Here we go. And here it comes. It's the whole thing. I have to say it like this. I don't know about you, but I'm tired. I am worn out. I am fed up. I've had enough. I am tired of exposing corruption, doing our homework, finding, going overseas and having documents translated to make sure they're exactly right, presenting the evidence. We know what's happening, except then once we expose it, nothing happens. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody pays for a damn thing anymore. Nothing. If you and I did half the things that people in Washington do every day, you and I would go to prison. Clinton got away with it. Even the left knew that the Clinton Foundation was dirty. They sold uranium to our biggest enemy, Russia. Nothing. No. She can take confidential, top-secret emails and put them on her server at her home. Something you and I would go to prison for. We would be in prison for the rest of our lives. Not a big deal. Benghazi? No. Not only did we show you that we were gun running to a group in Syria that became ISIS, that's what we were doing in Benghazi. Not only that, but just the killing of a U.S. ambassador. And might I point out on Veterans Day, we abandon our troops. Did anything happen? Nope. Nope. Mm-mm. Nothing. Nothing. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of of actually being open and saying, okay, well, let's look into the spying on this presidential candidate. That's a pretty hefty charge. Were they doing it? And then finding out, yes, they were, and nothing happens. He was colluding with Russia. My gosh. That should be the biggest scandal of all time if that were true. If it wasn't true and it was started and evidence, paperwork even showed that they knew all the way to the White House, you'd think that would be even a bigger story. Lying to the FISA courts, nothing. Creating an enemies list, nothing. Using our own intelligence agencies to assist in this operation, spending millions of dollars on a claim they knew that wasn't true, the collusion on Russia, they knew it in, before the president was ever elected. Scandal, the loss of billions of tax dollars in Ukraine, no big deal. The lies and the collusion with the Obama administration in Ukraine, no big deal. Hunter Biden, forget about Burisma, what was that, $7 billion? Ha! 
Who cares? Look at Hunter Biden and his his uh, father in China. Oh, but we don't have any proof of that. Yes, we do. We have all the proof anyone who cares to be honest needs. We have all the documents on his own freaking laptop, which have been verified for people that were working with him, who were Democrats that had those those same emails on their computer. Nothing. The scandal of our Justice Department, the deep state, which I didn't believe in four years ago. My gosh, you've got to be dead and probably voting in the last election if you don't see the deep state. The corruption of our media, our media telling us to deny our own eyes. There's a car on fire, and they're like, oh, nothing's happening here. It's totally peace. There's a car on fire behind you, but we're not supposed to notice that. Good has been made evil, and evil is made good. They ask you now to don't believe your own eyes, believe us. Our country is being torn apart on the streets by radicals who are marching with no Trump, no Biden, no America signs. But don't worry about that. This is just a peaceful group. Really? Our children are being indoctrinated with all kinds of crap, telling them that they're racist because of the color they were born with. The teachers' unions completely out of control. The lies of Black Lives Matter, Inc. And no one seems to care. No one seems to care that Black Lives Matter is actually a corporation that Black Lives Matter, on their own manifesto, said they wanted to destroy the nuclear family. But that's all fine. Antifa? No. They're not wild in the streets. That's only an idea. Yeah, kind of like Nazism was an idea. But yet, if you support the Constitution, if you just say, I want a fair and legal count, you're a radical. You're an anti-government zealot. I've had it. I've had enough. I almost didn't make the show last week. Because this is what I wanted to say to you. Except it would have been followed with, so see you later. Well, anyway, that was the end of the rant. He threw his papers at the camera and put his head into his hands, which is exactly pretty much how the majority of us already feel. And then in closing, uh, before we, uh, the last thing before we bring on Brother Peterson is Benny Johnson, who's very well known on the Twitter feeds, says, it feels like the leaders of this country, the United States Babylon the Great, are executing a controlled demolition of America. Everyone, uh, I'm sorry, everywhere one looks domestically or internationally, prospects are getting worse, not better for Americans. This may mark the first generation in history to, in history to leave the United States worse than they found it, and it won't be the last. Course correction will be painful. Not sure we have the guts as a society to do what is necessary any longer. But I don't have a choice. I refuse to sleepwalk into civilian suicide. This is where I live. This is where my children live. It is our birthright. And on this ground, we shall fight forever. Dimitri Duneman's book, Through the Fire Without Burning, 
it clearly states that before the end times kicks into full gear, that the United States will have a civil war. And it will break out in the middle of the country. And on that note, go ahead and bring on Brother Lauren Peterson. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And here we go. Praise God. Brother Lauren, are you there? Hey. Say, hey. say, John, where do I where do I get a? Um, you mentioned earlier on in the show about the elliptic plane. I was wondering if there's a somewhere I could buy a ticket uh, from Ecliptic Airlines and get off this planet. Yeah, you know, no, listen, bro. If you figure out how to get a ticket from uh, e- uh, Ecliptic Airlines, you yeah. know, and get off this alien demon infested rock, and you don't yeah. bring me yeah, with exactly. you, I am going to kick your hiney cheek across heaven. <laughs> Jesus is going to be like, John, you oh, no. leave Lauren alone. You leave Lauren alone. This is heaven. You're not allowed to kick his hiney cheek across heaven. And I'm going to be like, I am not done, Jesus. You just give me a break here. I got to kick. This guy did not bring me with him. He got himself a, a, a ticket on a Ecliptic Airlines. You know, I mean, Sister Nancy and I, for years now, you know, we've been like, you know, we have got to build a spaceship. We got to do the astronaut (laughs) farmer thing because the Lord is not coming fast enough for us. You know what I'm saying? Don't you agree? (laughs) Yeah, I do. We need to get out of here, man. (laughs) You do? Yeah, I hear you, man. Thank goodness. I hear you. Now we can, now, now you and me, let's do, folks, come on, let's do a GoFundMe. There's a lot of listeners to this program. Let's do some kind of a GoFundMe or something. If we all put, you know, a, a good effort into this, I think we can build a spaceship and get out of here. Uh, you know, there aren't that many listeners to the show. I, you know, maybe we can hook up with Elon Musk. Elon Musk knows something about spaceships, don't you think? Yeah, he does. Yeah. If we get enough money from a GoFundMe page, we can pay Elon Musk, and he might make us a ship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, really, he, I don't have a, any reason to believe he would. He's he's like one of these, um, I mean, heavy duty guys. I mean, the guy's amazing uh, across the board, and he has a heavy interest in uh, returning to Mars. So I I have to wonder if he doesn't his genetic background involves the survivors of Mars that came here and resettled here on the planet once it became uh, restored. Um, And that, who knows, you know. (laughs) I really don't care. As long as he gets us in outer space with some kind of propulsion system that we can point to the Orion Nebula so we can sneak past the Orion Belt and get into the eternal realm of the Creator. Praise God. I, there you I don't go. think it's that complicated. <laughs> I think Elon Musk has the formula. There's probably some kind of a, draw, a diagram or drawing or something already. I, I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, go fund so, me. Yeah. It's the answer. I just know it. Astronaut Farmer, let's watch the movie. Everybody, this weekend, watch Astronaut Farmer. There's got to be some intel that we can glean off that movie, and then we can use it for, to our advantage. we got to get out of here as soon as possible. This place is going to blow any second now. We all know it. We can, you can feel it. It's instinctive. 
Okay? There's a <laughs> moment that I don't drive down the CVS pharmacy to pick up some, you know, uh, 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 you know, uh, you know, whatever I got to stay alive or, you know, what, is it, what, what uh, a prescription or whatever. And I'm not th- thinking to myself, you know, there's probably some sort of an LGBT element OP out there with some kind of a who knows what pointing at my gun. I mean, I'm pointing at my house. I don't even like saying a word. Uh, but anyway, no, I, I really think if we're organized, we're peaceful, we keep it on the down low. We say, yo, Elon, hook us up. We know you got a spaceship in one of those hangars. We got a lot of jack. Yeah. <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll be like, all right, as long as I can get some publicity after you pass by, you know, Jupiter and get yourself going, you know. I don't know. Hey, look, look, if everybody, if we can hope about everything else under the sun in the Bible, we can hope about getting out of here early, can't we? I mean, I'm not going to give up hope. You know, maybe that gigantic spaceship that's out in the, you know, maybe there's a, maybe they'll give us a ride or something. Who knows? It doesn't have to be full of reptilians hungry for, you know, to eat us. could be, I don't know. I don't know. Wishful thinking on my part. But anyway, welcome to the program, brother. It's been a while. Hey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Once again, uh, listening to you tonight, you got my head spinning in all kinds of directions. <laughs> I'm kind of dizzy tonight. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's because you're a bobblehead, and you just don't want to admit it to everybody on the show. His head is connected yeah, to the hey, spring. Yeah, don't tell folks. anybody. Uh, he, don't he tell has, anybody. Well, no, no. I have to tell. I've already let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, when he was a kid, he no, fell no. down a flight of stairs, and, yeah, the, the, the surgeons had a very difficult time getting his head reconnected. It was kind of a mess, a lot of blood everywhere and everything. But, anyway, he has, like, a big spring, and his head bobbles. So you can, like, hit him on the side of the head, and his head goes <laughs> boing, 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 boing. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. Anyway. You got good sound effects too. It's kind of funny. Bing, 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 bing. I know, right? Yeah. I need, I need what they call that a Jews harp. You know where you go. But anyway, I don't have one of those anymore. I used to. Oh well. When can I play soap? So I should know if I'm heard it. Yeah. So yeah, we we are definitely witnessing the planned uh controlled destruction of the United States economy as well as the economy of the world on a global scale. <clears throat> For the ushering in of the new world order economy, uh where everybody is tagged bagged and <laughs> ragged on and all that stuff, right? Um <clears throat> so our best days are, in my opinion, the be- our best days are behind us, and our worst days are ahead of us. There's worse things yet to come. And <clears throat> um, yeah, we, you know, a lot of people hope, you know, hope, and are planning for Trump t- to come back into power. But as you mentioned tonight, the opposition uh, knows that they can't allow that to happen. Because he has publicly stated, if he gets when he gets elected, not if, but when he gets back in office, he's going to war against the deep state. And so the implication there is, um, there's going to be probably a, a probably a large sections of the military on his side on his behalf, and he's going to, uh, my perception of him, how you know, knowing what he's been put through and all the shenanigans and, and crap that's been put on him and against him and everything. Well, do you think he's going to be kind 
if he comes back into power, do you think he's going to be kind and gentle and understanding of the deep state players? Do you think he's going to go through proper constitutional legal channels to prosecute these bad boys? Because he knows the answer would be no, because he knows they'd be tied up in court for hundreds of years. <laughs> Nobody would go to jail. It's like Glenn Beck was saying, nobody pays, nobody goes to jail. They get away with everything. He already knows that. So he's going to turn to military tribunals. And as a consequence of that, there will be public executions to send the message loud and clear. So the deep state knows this is coming down the pike if he gets back in office. So they're going to pull out all every thing they can to prevent him from getting into office, including, as you mentioned, detonating a nuclear bomb in Chicago or wherever, how, wherever they need to and how many they need to do it to cause the um, Jericho TV series to take place. And I know, you know, you've mentioned it in, uh, before in previous shows, and I think we brought it up a few times in the Peterson Chronicles in the past, the TV show Jericho is a very um, important TV show to watch on where the deep state could take all this. And then, of course, blame it on Russia or blame it on whoever, you know. So then they're painted as the bad guys. And See, the spin masters have to paint somebody as the fall guy, the bad guys, you know, and to to galvanize the nation to go against that group or various groups and or to split the nation, just like um, in creating altered personalities within a, any given person. You can do that on a national level by creating alternate personality groups that end up fighting one another. And one, the left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing, what the left foot is doing, what the right foot is doing. They all perceive, all the members of the body perceive each one on one another as the enemy until the whole body shuts down. And that's what, what they're doing, divide and conquer strategy. <laughs> they're creating these various groups, Antifa, and Black Lives Matter and other groups, they create these groups. FBI has become the largest terrorist organization within this country. <laughs> okay, it's not the skinheads we have to worry about. It's not even Antifa and Black Lives Matter that we necessarily have to worry about. It's the FBI that's forming all this stuff in the background channels. And off-book CIA operatives, you know, they're not supposed to, by law, operate domestically. But who laws are for the little people to obey, not for the high and mighty, you know, and uh, spy masters and everything. They can do whatever they want to do because nobody goes to jail anymore. There's nobody big, bad, and powerful enough to bring them to give an account and to hold their feet to the fire and determine you are guilty, you're going to prison, or worse, like I said earlier, public executions. So we're at that stage. I've been recently watching um, the Star Wars series. When the first one came out in 1977, A New Hope, 
I knew exactly what was being portrayed on the silver screen. I couldn't hardly contain myself because I knew what I was talking about. Um, But the reason I knew is because God had prepared me in the years leading up to that with various books I had read and magazine articles and the Bible. If we take our premise as Christians that everything has to one way or another, whether we There's a lot of things we know, but there's a lot more we don't know and understand, okay? But ultimately, one way or another, it should be able to and must backtrack Bible. And so that was my premise early on because I believe in the Bible as the inerrant word of God. And somehow, someway, all these things have to fit there somehow and that then assumes that then we have to have a greater understanding of what the bible is talking about and although the traditional understanding is a good foundation in my opinion i was brought up in the traditional understanding of the bible in the traditional methodist church the 50s 60s and 70s So the Methodist Church since then has gone off the rails by and large, and all these other congregations have become infiltrated and corrupted until they make the Word of God unto none effect. And yet the Word of God is, is there, and for some people it only takes a snippet of a verse to activate, for the Holy Spirit to activate in that person that has the hunger, has the question mark, to want to know more, even if they're sitting in a dead church, to call them out of that dead church and come alive in Jesus Christ. There's a lot of churches now that are dead. The founders of those churches going back hundreds of years ago would not recognize today's churches that they had started during the Reformation movements. Uh, the Protestant movements. They wouldn't recognize. In fact, they'd probably condemn today's churches <laughs> to hell, okay? Uh, they'd be appalled and aghast at the direction today's churches have gone and compromised God's word. So, <clears throat> um, so recently I've been um, reviewing, starting from the... Uh, from the 1977 release, but the what in the total series of Star Wars, what would be the first one, then the second, then the third, the Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> and then the next next one, number four, is the first one that was released in 77. So tonight or tomorrow night, I'll be watching that one. But in looking at what you're talking about tonight, and then Glenn Beck and uh, other interviews you, you had. Tonight, John, is it brought to clear memory, because I just watched it last night, was the third one, Revenge of the Sith, on how the Republic was infiltrated, taken over, and consumed by the dark force of the Sith. And that's exactly what's happened to the United States of America. You watch that movie, and you'll see it plain as day on the silver screen. And I'm going to read something from Scripture. This is from Ecclesiastics, written by King Solomon. And I remember in the Peterson Chronicles, I I brought this up as part of, and I'll I'll review 
review that tonight. Verse, chapter 1, verse 9, that which has been is what will be. That which is done is what will be done. And there is nothing new under the sun. Is there anything of which it may be said, see, this is new? It has already been in ancient times before us. Verse 11, it's kind of another key here. There is no remembrance of former things nor will be there any remembrance of things that are to come by those who will come after. If we were allowed to have another, let's say, for example, 10,000 years of human history on this planet, um, those people 10,000 years from now would have no remembrance of the time that we are in right now. We take this scripture to heart here, take it to its full understanding of what King Solomon is saying. They would have no understanding, so they'd be digging in the dirt, digging under rocks, looking at this, looking at that, you know, just like we're doing now for ancient history to better understand ancient history. We're discovering things all over the planet um, <clears throat> of what happened so long ago that it's causing the history books if the history book writers are honest about this stuff, causing them to be rewritten to accommodate this new information. So the theories of the past 100, 200 years, a lot of that stuff, just throw it out the window. It's one big fabricated lie, folks. The truth is out there. But it's also in the pages of our own scriptures and been there all along. And King Solomon is telling us this right here in these three verses. Okay, so imagine somebody 10,000 years from now, if that were to happen, and they're digging through what's happened in 10,000 years, massive um, changes in the earth, you know, uh, what's now land is now underwater, what's, what's underwater is now land, and they, they discover um, the ancient remains of four God, it must be ancient gods carved in a mountainside. Who were these four ancient gods? The people came to this place and worshipped them. Well, that'd be Mount Rushmore. Okay, four of our, our top presidents of the United States. We know what that is. We don't come to worship them and you know, bow down before these four gods, you know, of the United States of America. We know that they were presidents, and they were their their heads were carved on the face of a mountain. Okay, so we understand that. But somebody ten thousand years from now, if that history's been lost to them, they wouldn't understand it if they rediscover these four card faces on the side of a mountain here in the Black Hills of South Dakota, <laughs> United States of America. They wouldn't have any idea what that was. So imagine that we are looking at these things, ancient artifacts that are all over the planet, but we don't typically have a, a remembrance of those former times when they were constructed. And who constructed them and why? We have forgotten we can look at our own current time that it only takes one or two generations to forget what the former generation knew. We're seeing that in the fall of the United States of America. It wasn't that long ago when things, looking back, we could say were still normal. And now we're seeing in rapid-fire succession 
the complete planned destruction of our country and taken down the world with it. We've been overtaken by the Dracos, the reptilians, and the shapeshifters, as well as their human minions that benefit from that relationship. But in the end, if you watch the third movie, Revenge of the Sith, you realize that the Chancellor Palpatine, who's the true Dark Lord of the Sith, he doesn't think twice about having various groups out there fighting various things for his causes, right, for his ultimate cause of taking complete control over the Senate of the Republic and putting an end to the rebellion. In other words, putting everything under a full cosmic dictatorship of his own making, (laughs) with him being the prime dictator, right? So he doesn't think anything like Duco, Count Duco, okay, who's faithfully served Palpatine all this time, okay? And when Luke, uh, I mean, uh, Anakin then takes on Duco, uh, Palpatine over there encourages uh, Anakin to cut his head off at that one famous battle there, encourages Anakin to finish the job and cut, you know, <laughs> slice through his neck and cut his head off, even though that was against Jedi teaching. So Anakin did it, and he regretted doing it. He felt guilty. But through that guilt, Palpatine took more control over Anakin. And so there's a lesson there also, as through things that we know that we do wrong, what we say we do, if we don't confess it, you know, we can go on a guilt trip, and the enemy of our souls can maneuver can manipulate us to take control over us through our guilt trips and deep dive into our souls to take complete control and dominion to where we're puppets on a string to the dark force just like what happened to Anakin if you look at his past when he's a child he was an only child and his mother was the only adult the only parent in his life, and he loved his mother dearly. And when he was taken away, that's traumatic itself to become a Jedi. That's traumatic itself for a young child to be taken away. But he was anxious to experience new things beyond that where he was and and to be freed from being a slave. But his mother was left behind. And that was always in the back of his mind. He was always concerned about his mother. And rightfully so. But it was the inroad for the dark side to end to him. Uh, And so when he found out that his mother was suffering and he went to that planet and found her near death, you know, of course he hoped that she would make, that he had arrived just in time to rescue her, but she died in his arms. And you can imagine what a powerful, grievous response that he evoked in him with his powers that he had. So you can imagine any one of us who had, who feels like if I had the power, I would do this and that. I would 
<laughs> eliminate them, you know. Well, that's what Anakin did. He eliminated those that put his mother through that suffering and unto death. He even killed the women and children. No one was left alive. See, that's where things go. And then through that experience and that guilt trip, the emperor was able to tap into all these raw emotions that were unreconciled to manipulate Anakin to the dark side of the force. And that's what Satan will do to each and every one of us if he can get an inroad into our hearts and our souls. But Jesus provided a way out of that enigma, that never-ending Mobius loop. The never-ending treadmill, it goes nowhere fast. A closed-loop reality that you can never get out of. Jesus came to provide a way out. That we can place, see, Jesus hadn't come yet in the storyline that happened long, long ago during the Ryan Wars. Look it up on the Internet, the Orion Wars. You'll find a lot of information about it, and it's a lot to sort through to try to make any sense of it. But it taps into the overall Angel Wars dynamic that we talk about in this show and in the Peterson Chronicles, the Orion Wars. So Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet. And so... um, Had Attican had somebody to really open up to, somebody who could really understand him, can tap into him on a positive level, could have probably helped bring him through that. But even his mentor, um, all, all too often put Anakin in a box and did not, you know, sometimes people tell us to just suck it up and live with it, which may be... Sometimes you need to do that to get through a situation, but ultimately, in order to move forward, sometimes you got to go past and deal with a past thing and get it dealt with before you can move forward to the next level. And Jesus is the one. In Revelation, he says that he now has the keys of death and hell. And I would submit that he also has the keys to time itself. Whereas you and I can have regrets of saying or doing something from our past or somebody did something to us or said something to us and we can't turn the clock back to undo the damage. But guess who does? Jesus does. He can reach back into our past and he can change the outcome if we lie it before him if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness so when we confess our sins and we know we have wronged somebody or said something wrong did something wrong we bring it to his attention we confess it we ask him humbly to please fix this issue from our past to change the outcome unto his glory and salvation for that person or even for ourselves Okay, so Jesus is our advocate before the Father. He is the one who now 
has possession of the keys and controls them to death and hell itself and all of our paths. All right, so he is our way out of this enigma of what Solomon is talking about here, where there's nothing new under the sun. It's a closed-loop reality. It's an endless treadmill that nowhere fast. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Okay. You just can't get out of this rut. The only difference between a rut and a grave is the depth. That's why my mother always told me. Okay. Not very encouraging, but there's a lot of truth in that saying. And the only way out of both of those enigmas is through Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, it may look like it's hope in the current situation affairs and knowing where things are going in today's world and through biblical prophecy. But we have an advocate before the Father, our Jesus Christ, who has promised us through his promises and his word that if we're faithful to him, he'll be faithful to us. And some of us will go out as martyrs, whereas others are supernaturally protected because they have further work to do on this reality here further work to do here so if if uh, if so let's say that there's a rapture that happens whether it's you know a project blue book type of rapture or whether it's a real deal rapture the first uh what is it barley harvest rapture uh john is uh and and you're you weren't taken out you're left behind and you're all bummed out well, don't be bummed out because Jesus has a work for you to do that's critically important. He left you behind for a reason. Okay, it's not because oh, you know this that. You know, the enemy is going to pile drive you into the ground and into hell if he can, to make you think you didn't measure up. So that's why you're left behind. So throw in the towel and come join with Lucifer and his gang. Right? No, you're left behind for a reason. Because the battle will continue on, and you're an important key to that battle. And put on your crash helmet, get your Bible out, and really deep dive into it, because in the pages of Scripture will be your assignment. Supposedly within the first five books, the Torah is the uh, Bible code. <clears throat> and you can look that up, too. It's It's another area that can be deep dived into is the Bible code. And <clears throat> supposedly everybody who's ever existed and will exist is written within the pages of that Bible code. And I find that amazing and interesting. I haven't I've only maybe looked at it the Bible code on the surface just enough to know what it is and that kind of thing, but I haven't deep dived into the immensity of that but just to know that it exists and to recognize its validity. <clears throat> okay, so a lot of times some of us don't know what to do or, or what our role should be, but it's in Scripture that you'll find who you are and what you are to do. God pre-wrote Scripture for you and me to activate. See, the God's Word is a living, it's alive. It's not some ink on a piece of paper. 
Yeah, in the natural realm, that's what it is. But in the supernatural realm, it's alive. And as you read and study God's word, and especially when you become born again in and through Jesus Christ, and even more so baptized in the Holy Spirit, the code that is within you, the DNA code that is within you that was previously idled on idle in the background, not activated, becomes activated. There's a large portion of our DNA code that has been deactivated over thousands and thousands of years of human history and all the catastrophes that have happened since Adam and Eve sinned in the garden and Noah's flood, Tower of Babel, and all kinds of other stuff's gone on since then. It's amazing that the human race is even still here. But through all that, our DNA code has been dummied down, not through the necessary educational process, but dummied down, stripped down, through, even just through, earth cataclysms that have dramatically altered how God had restored the earth in the six day ages and then introduced Adam and Eve here. Since Noah's flood, things have dramatically changed to the point of degrading the activation of our codes and the cumulative effects of sin itself passed from one generation to the next to the next to the next. That accumulates over time and further degrades the activation of our codes. But through Christ Jesus, our codes become reactivated. And the more we study his word, the more we acquire the mind of Christ, and especially baptized in the Holy Ghost, more those codes become activated and come online. Hope that makes sense, folks. When Adam and Eve, when God created Adam's body, the flesh body, and let me, you know, I'm sure we're all familiar with that verse, but let me read it from Genesis chapter 2, verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. And then what? And then breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And number three, and man became a living being. <clears throat> okay, so there's three things that happen here. God formed man of the dust of the ground the dust of the ground, of the earth, okay? This formed man, <clears throat> the breath of life. That's the breath of life from the Holy Spirit. Just like when Jesus, in the, um, he breathed, they can't, I don't have it pulled up, but in the upper room, he breathed, <sighs> He breathed into each of his disciples that were there, the breath of life, to activate them directly, okay? Um, I don't have that scripture pulled up right now, but you can find it. You can read it. Kind of the same thing that's going on here, okay? The Holy Spirit breathing into the nostrils, the breath of life, the activation force, okay? That's more, and man became a living being, that should be in caps, living, capital L, being, capital B, a living being, okay, with a living soul, an eternal soul. 
it should be apparent, but not to everybody, of course, but um, that animals on this planet have souls. Your dog, your cat, the horse, the cow, you know, they all have personalities, don't they? Well, that's soul. It's just that they don't have an eternal soul, a living soul, by this definition in Genesis 2, verse 7. They have souls, but not living souls, okay? So that means soul-to-soul level is that we should be able to communicate directly with the animals all around us and they with us. Can you imagine uh, as you're... uh, spending time with your pet dog or cat that they're trying to communicate with you and wondering why can't you communicate back kind of thing Um, I think that maybe they can communicate better understanding us than we understand them Um, but imagine too over these thousands of years how much of their DNA has been degraded and deactivated over all this time Okay, and how much more so during the original creation, um, creation or recreation here when we get to Adam and Eve um, of the animals around them that were in pristine form, unfallen form, how perfectly everybody that was a, a, a soul on the soul level can, could communicate with each other. Adam and Eve could communicate with all the animals, and all the animals could communicate with Adam and Eve. And we're not talking human language here. We're talking about mind-to-mind communication, thought, simple thought, thought communication. It's not, oh, that's of the devil. That's what I heard growing up. Oh, that's of the devil, S-E-S-P, that's of the devil. You can't do that. God built Adam and Eve capable of doing that. That was natural. Okay. What we take today as technology is our, in the early days, telecommunications, you know, phones, pick up a phone, call somebody, okay? Just the simple act of picking up a phone and calling somebody, talking to somebody on the other side of the planet, that's a replacement for what we used to be able to do naturally through mind-to-mind links. That's not of the devil. That's how God created us, to have direct mind-to-mind links. We didn't need Ma Bell back then, okay? We could do it ourselves through natural means, okay? And our telecommunications today with computers and Internet and satellites and everything, we didn't need all that stuff back then because we could do it naturally. We didn't need backhoes. We didn't need um, all these big um, earth-moving equipment because we could do a lot of that stuff naturally, back then so when it comes time to build the pyramids you know a lot of people think well it's the the gods that came down and built the pyramids well maybe they did but maybe maybe adam and eve and prior to the flood even after adam and eve fell their the descendants still in my opinion had 95 98 percent of dna capacity in the soul realm and in their body realm the spiritual connection was severed immediately upon their sin. So that DNA that involves the spiritual realm was severed, was turned off, but the DNA that was still active in the soul realm and the body realm, 95 to 98% is what I would estimate, that they were still activated in those two realms. So imagine if they were alive today, we would think they were gods. But they're our ancestors. So in the pre-flood world, 
mankind well had the capacity, mind, will, emotion, the backs, you know, and the stature to build their own pyramids, okay? They didn't need any help from anybody else. They could do it themselves. But it certainly helped to have outside helpers and influences, especially those secrets of the cosmos kind of thing that the watchers brought with them, right? Um, So, in my opinion, the watchers... They had their reasons for coming down and taking themselves women, earth women, you know, and begetting children. But, you know, mankind, part of the, uh, like today, we have this the aliens involved in, in uh, kidnapping men and women, and particularly women, you know, and having babies, human-alien hybrids through earth women. Well, they were doing that back here in chapter 6, Genesis chapter 6, you know. So uh, what's changed, you know? What's changed is we've lost a lot of our DNA activation through all this process. And our DNA genome, there's probably, you know, it's probably be hard-pressed to find anybody in this planet who's still purebred 100% atomite DNA. Um it's probably a high likelihood that everybody in this planet has some DNA corruption in their genome. But again, through Jesus Christ, through his blood, we now can claim that his blood runs through our veins. Not the blood of mine or my ancestors. If you want to stay healthy and strong, you just proclaim that Jesus' blood flows through my veins and cleanses my body of all (laughs) germs and viruses and bacteria, and I choose to be healthy. I will not succumb to sickness and disease and all the wiles and evils of darkness that wants to take me down, okay? I'm not going to succumb to that. Okay, so you can imagine how powerful Adam and Eve and their descendants were up to the flood. And when you then, even after the fall, and then you marry the mankind's genome to the serpent seed genome, and then later in chapter 6 to the watcher's genomes, okay, you have enhanced humanities, human-alien hybrids, enhanced humanity 2.0 as it existed back then. It'd be mankind on steroids. Uh, And mankind already, Adam and Eve, in the original design, Nobody was more capable than they were. So the dust of the earth, getting more on that, tying that into angel wars, earth had an original creation, but it became corrupted due to the angel wars. As evidence in verse 2, Genesis chapter 1, and the earth had become without form and void of life. There was life here. And it was abundant. Planet Earth was a showcase planet. The four inner, five inner planets were showcase planets, smorgasbord of life forms, teeming with life, teeming with prosperity and godliness until the angel wars broke out and then came this way and engulfed our own solar system. 
And in a sense, when we watch Star Wars and the Death Star went and blew blew apart Alderaan, could the Death Star have come here within our own solar system and blew apart the fifth planet known as Maldek? We think that the dark side is all on the same page, all on the same agenda, but they're not. When you read about the Orion Wars, one of the things is they weren't all uh, on the same page. Sometimes you have breakaway groups, even within the dark side, that end up fighting one another. And like I was saying, it was the, the Palpatine, uh, being Palpatine to the Senate and the rest of the world, but being the, the dark Sith of the dark force to to uh, to the other groups, you know, pitting one group against the other to foment a galactic war so that he could then bring other forces in to collapse that war and employ a complete cosmic dictatorship. Not thinking twice about throwing any of his loyal subjects under the bus and killing them off if, if it uh, advanced his ultimate goals. And that's what we have on the dark side. Lucifer slash Satan doesn't think twice about sacrificing somebody to achieve his alter, ultimate goals. So you have these people on this planet here who are faithfully serving Lucifer, you know, for a little piece of the, you know, um, you know fame and glory and some earthly riches and stuff. But Little do they do they really understand who they're in league with. That as with Palpatine, Lucifer won't think twice when the time comes. When he's done using them, he's going to sacrifice them. And they don't go to heaven, they go to hell. Do they have any clue about this? Has he engulfed and, you know, just like... In the third third movie, Revenge of the Sith, that the dark side has descended so completely, even over the minds of all the members of the Senate, that they willingly gave up their freedoms and democracies, Chancellor, to put an end to the war, i.e. to put an end to the democratic way of life, unbeknownst to the senators, their days were numbered. Did they understand that? No, because the dark side of the force had even clouded their own minds, their own judgments. And isn't that what's happened even here in the United States? You send somebody to Congress, and they're going to clean up Washington. But all that really happens is they get sucked into the swamp like a massive lake of quicksand that they can't get out of. And they don't even realize they're being sucked deeper and deeper and deeper into the depths of the swamp until they become a swamp creature. And even then, they don't see themselves a swamp creature because they've been mysticized by the darkness that appears as light. Okay, I'm going to read something else that Jesus said. Jesus said a lot of things when you read through, like Matthew, <laughs> book of Matthew, for example. He said so many things in, in all the four Gospels, but that it's like, wow, <laughs> you know, like wow. Yeah. Well, here's something here. This is chapter 6, verse 22. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, 
your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So we have a lot of people in the world today, politicians, uh, preachers, pastors, rabbis, etc., on down the line, right, that have a lot of light in them, but it's darkness that's inside of them, masquerading as light. There's a darkness so dark so as to appear as light. And that's the enigma that God had to deal with on day one of the creation story, which is really the restoration story of the angel wars, dealing with the angel wars. And verse 2 is one of the aftermaths of the angel wars. Um, Zero in specifically on this planet. It is cosmic. Verse 2 is cosmic, but it does switch to this planet. But there's cosmic elements also in that verse 2. Uh, for example, the abyss, the uh, um, the face, the deep translates, the deep translates into the abyss. Okay, so an abyss, a reality that never existed before in God's original creation, now did exist. Now, what's God going to do about it, right? So, <clears throat> Lucifer, even at this point, he had a, a tremendous amount of light. Remember what happened to Adam and Eve. They were created perfect, perfect in body soul, and spirit, 100% DNA, DNA activation in all three realms, and possibly 12-stranded DNA and not our current two. So even by strands, we may have been stripped 10 of our strands down to our current two, as well as we're now at 8% DNA activation and not at 95, 98, obviously. Okay. Now, somebody like Elon, uh, Elon Musk might be uh, well over 10%, maybe 20 <laughs> You know, I have no idea. But his DNA activation is probably much more than the average person, as evidenced by his ability to handle so many brands in the fire all at the same time. Okay, uh, the guy is just amazing. And there's other people like him around. Okay, so their act, their, their DNA activation may be at a higher level than than the rest of us. You know. Um, but they still have the sin issue to deal with. So even Adam and Eve, still at 95, 98% DNA activation minus the spiritual connection, okay, still had the sin issue to deal with in spite of their great abilities and powers that they still had. But the dust of the earth, so we have this angel wars, and the earth was left with without form and void of life. So without form, if you didn't know this was Earth, you wouldn't know it was Earth. So imagine in the Star Wars, in number four there, which was released in 1977, so Luke Skywalker and um, and crew, they head for Alderaan, right, only to find that it's not there. And what they encounter is asteroids, i.e. chunks, of Aldron, and remember that um, Obi Wan felt something. Felt something in the Force of the loss of a lot of life prior to arriving there. Okay, so imagine the loss of life from Maldek, teeming with intelligent life, souls 
intelligent beings, and the next thing they know, they're blasted into oblivion by the Death Star. By this, Orion Wars have gone on for too, way too long. Ravaged solar systems, ravaged here, ravaged there, blowing planets, blowing solar systems, maybe even reaching out to other galaxies and engulfing them in war also. The Draco Wars, the Orion Wars, Lyrian Wars, all these wars have been going on within the Angel Wars, overall Angel Wars dynamic, in which God then had to employ a sanction, cordoning off of the fall, that which became known as the fallen third, the fallen one third. So it could not go any further than that containment system <clears throat> under heavy guard of God's holy angels. Nobody gets out of here without God's permission, the Father's permission. Nobody gets out of this containment system. This containment system is a Mobius strip dynamic. You look it up on the internet, Mobius Strip, the endless um, path to nowhere, just continuous loop around, loop around, loop around. And that's reflected in what King Solomon wrote, that er there's nothing new under the sun because everything continues to loop around, loop around, loop around, and every new loop forgets what the former loop was all about. because we're in this endless treadmill, because we can't go beyond the confines of this sandbox situation except through Jesus Christ, who provided the way out and has borne out in Scripture. I've talked about this in the Peterson Chronicles and in former shows here, and I know we're getting close to eight uh, to the hour here, so I'll bring up some of those other Scriptures, too, that point to this dynamic. But this dust of the earth, we can understand the earth was out, was out form and void. It was pummeled, almost completely destroyed by what happened to Maldek. Imagine chunks of Maldek of, of the atmosphere, of the oceans, of the land masses, of its core being ripped apart and thrown, blasted asunder and slamming into Jupiter, slamming, wipe, you know, slamming into Mars, pummeling and Mars wiping out their civilization, and then Venus and Earth. Earth to a point where, again, if you didn't know it was Earth, you wouldn't know it. It's so badly beaten. And God, because of the way things then developed as a consequence of that blast, this planet became the planet of choice to restore and in my opinion, there were survivors of Maldek that knew what was coming, and then they got out with spaceships, as well as Mars, as well as Venus, as well as Earth dwellers. And as soon as this planet was restored back to a, a favorable condition to them, they recolonized this planet, which then reflects in Genesis chapter 2 as the four rivers. Yes, I believe there was four physical rivers, main four main physical rivers, but it's also reflective of the four uh, groups that recolonized this planet as the only planet that could sustain life once again. <clears throat> and then this is the enigma that Adam and then Eve were sent into 
to have dominion over and to restore order as per as per God's plan of restoration, redemption, and salvation of this fallen one-third. We were sent here on a mission of redemption. And Adam and Eve failed because the serpent and ultimately Lucifer knew what was at stake if Adam and Eve and their descendants were to succeed in their mission. The game over for them. Because this dust of the earth... The reason why the aliens are claiming that they are our creators is because a lot of them were blasted to pieces. And what happened is called a shredder effect where you have life forms that are shredded like in a blender, you know, body parts all over the place. And over thousands, millions of years that go by, microbes and bacteria that break everything back down to the basic elements of life of basic elements of DNA, i.e. the dust of the earth. Scientists can now go take a spoonful of dirt out of your backyard and determine what was going on there 10,000 years ago, 100,000 years ago, just by what's in that scoop of dirt. Isn't that amazing? They now have that ability. What was going on in my backyard? I maybe don't want to know. I don't know. But, yeah. They do. They can do that now. So imagine what God could do with the dust of the earth. Once all this DNA is shredded back, it's simply the building blocks of life. Whether you talk about even plants have a soul. Scientists are like discovering that now, that even plants have a kind of a life force about them that, that you can tell when a plant is in pain and misery. You know, like when you pick a tomato off a tomato plant, the tomato screams in pain. For all you veggies out there, you're causing untold misery and pain to those poor plants. So you should give up being a vegan, okay? Just starve yourself to death, okay, right? Uh, You can't eat meat. You can't eat vegetables. You can't do nothing but starve to death. And that's where exactly where the WEF wants to take all of us is to starve us to death. (laughs) Eat bugs. Well, how good will that be? Uh, to sustain life, it won't. <clears throat> okay, so the dust of the earth becomes reconstituted DNA. The dust of the earth here in Genesis chapter 2 is that DNA from former life forms that were here before the angel wars and then shredded to pieces as a consequence of the angel wars as impacting this planet. Untold life forms from high intelligence to animals and plants all shred put through the shredder and mixed all together so they're basically just building blocks of life no matter what you're talking about and god then reached down to take this dusty earth which is now dust dna simple building blocks of life and builds a an earth suit an avatar suit for be then adam put here on a mission, a specific mission, just like the Jedi. Okay? <laughs> the dark side on this planet would like to claim that they're the descendants, they're the want to be the Jedis, but it's really Adam and Eve and their descendants that were meant to be the Jedis. Okay, and we're getting to the top of the hour here, folks. Um, but again, the dust of the earth, reconstituted DNA 
from previous life forms that have been shredded to pieces back down to the basic building blocks of life and the soul imprints on those previous life forms, body parts, were long, long, long ago sanitized from any attachment to that DNA that was now um, in the environment as the dust, the earth. What I say is a soul attachment is we, as we inhabit these avatar suits, <clears throat> these avatar suits, the various organs of our bodies have a soul memory, a soul attachment to them. So if you were to donate an organ of your body to someone else, they would then acquire <laughs> your traits. That's a scary thought. If you'd had a blood trans transfusion you're thankful that somebody donated their blood to you to survive or a kidney or a lung or something but you're acquiring their soul imprint on that organ and there is evidence of this there was a, some person who received I forget what uh, like a kidney transplant or something and they had, they were a teetotaler no alcohol okay and now after this transplant now they they took an interest in drinking beer I mean, an active interest in drinking beer. They really enjoy drinking beer now, out of the blue. Well, how did this happen? Well, the donor was a beer drinker. Okay, So his soul imprint imprinted onto that organ that was then put into this person to save their life, but now they're acquiring that soul imprint into their own personality. So if you receive an organ transplant or a blood donation, Please pray over it in the name of Jesus to sanitize it completely of any and all soul imprints. In Jesus' name, Amen. And God bless and, you all. <laughs> you know, I want to know. I want to know if you if you give me an organ of yours, will I get a bobblehead? Boing, 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 boing. <laughs> yeah, you might. <laughs> you might. Yeah. So we're 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 uh, we're going on. <laughs> Hey John, we're going on ecliptic <laughs> airlines through the universe, and we're bobbleheading back and I, forth, Bing, 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 back and forth. <laughs> I can see it now. Oh, do you got well, any like Tylenol? Elon in the middle, you know? Yeah. Boing, 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 boing. Yeah. All right. The new man. galactic language. Well, God bless you for joining us. I know. I know. Hey, hey that's a, that may be yeah. the only way we Just get to the uh, Orion Belt. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I need a belt. You know, you got a belt. Right, well, you know, I need an Orion belt. Let's go know. to Orion and get some belts and bring I'll them back here and trade. You know, we can sell them. <laughs> a Swift, what is that? A Swift Hawaiian punch belt or whatever? I'll give you a belt, all right? A Hawaiian belt. Yeah, Hawaiian anyway, belt. God yeah, bless you all. Thank you for joining us tonight. I know, right? You bet. Uh, and we'll yeah. see you tonight. It is Wednesday, April the 26th. We'll see you Friday night at 7 p.m. for the prayer vigil. Lord willing, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. You bet. God bless um, you all. Thank you. Brother Peterson, you bobbleheaded goof, not you. Get, get in touch with Elon. <laughs> yeah. See if he'll make us a ship. Come on. You, oh, know, you betcha. We'll go you fund bet. him. All right. See you all yeah. on Friday. Good night. God bless you all. Okay. Okay.